Ready? Yeah. Ready, you're freaking me out. Two. One, two, one. Check that shit out. That's opening song. That beautiful opening song was Scary Pockets featuring Judith Hill. You shook me all night long. The ACDC funk cover. Link is in the show notes. I put it also in the live chat. Let me get the B-roll going. I uh, I definitely want you to go support that awesome band. Subscribe to their channel. Buy tracks. See them when they come in live. Buy their merch. All the shit. It's all good. Hello, hello, wonderful, beautiful people. Uh, I am your host, Kai Zen, and this is Black Sky Legion, episode 133, Invictus and the Need for Speed. I want to say hello to all the beautiful people out there. We've got, I'm looking through here, we've got Wintermute in the house. Hello, Load 200, Tom Servo, Kevin K. There you go. We got Elix Whitehall. We got... 
Wolf Dragon, we got Bucky Tin, Kevin K, Griffin Gaiman, my brother from Soul Citizens. We got Fast Card from Soul Citizens. Hello, Ludwig509, Raxless Maxl in the house, my girl. We got Osashis. Yes, yes. Fast Card FC, my other uh, brother from Soul Citizens who uh, just came off of his successful stint as a DJ on the People's Radio. Uh, it was like today at like 5 p.m. We were all rocking out in the new soul discord and listening to fast card as he, uh, as he, uh, spun the tunes. We got, uh, black maze coming in from Twitch. We got Ludwig five Oh nine. Hello. Hello. We've got Christian Simmons, Kevin K. There you go. Uh, target drone shadow wyvern. Hello. Hello. My brother from the, uh, from the, uh, no man's sky research department. We got Lady Raincloud, big salute to you. We got Hitchiel and Slyfy and Strazik. Strazik, that's a that's a cool yeah, that's a cool name. That's like, yeah, that's what's up. All right, all right. And John Wallace. Hello, big salutes to all of y'all. I am drinking some Hyperweizen, some uh Hyperweizen pomegranate flavored beer and enjoying myself. I probably should have eaten actual food today instead of just a piece of cake, but who knows? We'll see where this goes. Of course, it's not going to become a, a, a slurry mess. Uh, with me tonight, we have, as always, my XO, my trusted number one. We got Wolf Dragon in the house. Say hello to the beautiful people, Wolf, and tell them what you're drinking tonight. Well, I'm certainly not drinking any red wine. I learned that mistake last week. <sighs> Hello, everyone. Welcome. Glad to have you here. So much stuff to cover and people to talk to. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, all right. He's not going to tell us what he's drinking. It's a mystery, but it's not red wine. He guarantees it. Elix, say hello to the beautiful people and tell them what you're drinking tonight. Hello, everybody. Tonight, I got me just a little bit of Glenlivet Caribbean Reserve on the rocks. Ooh, very fancy. Lady Raincloud, how are you doing and what you drinking tonight? Um, in terms of how am I doing, about a 3 out of 10, but we won't go into it. And out of the, outside of that, this one is drinking some Jose Cuervo tonight, because I'm going to get fucking lit. Yeah, yeah, right on. Oh, Sashis, my brother, what you drinking? Hey, oh, hey, oh, I am drinking some spicy V8 on ice and uh, Mountain Lightning because I'm just classy like that. Hell yeah, hell yeah. And our other special guest, Black Maze, what are you having tonight? Hello, Kai and friends. I'm drinking water because it's 2 a.m. That's very responsible of you. That's very responsible. And, of course, as always, a big suaste from downtown Phnom Penh. How you doing, Suvin? What you having at 7 a.m.? <laughs> I'm not drinking anything exciting at 7 a.m. And it's, uh, I'm not in Phnom Penh anymore. I'm in Siem Reap. Oh, okay. Okay. Right on. I arrived, I arrived two days ago. Um, oh. I thought I'd change scene. I, I love it here. This town is great. So you're down at the beach or what? <laughs> no, it's uh, it's the town right next to Anchor Wat. Yeah, and there's there there. Um, okay. Well, there's lake. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. At, there's you're the, there's at, the, the Tonle Sap Lake, which is. Um, yeah, you're at Krong Siem Reap, right? Correct. Okay. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, 
so uh, so so far i've just been exploring the town uh, but i we're going to a load of us from the, from the guest house i'm staying in are going to the uh, are going to a lake today for steak and beer and uh, and then i'm going to head to anchor what the day after that i reckon oh um, so nice uh, yeah it'll be it'll be really fun it'll be really good hell yeah hell yeah hell yeah 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 all right that's very that's good shit that's good shit all right so let's get started with everything. We have a lot to get to tonight. So on tonight's show, we've got a congrats to Boeing Starliner on its autonomous rendezvous with and docking with the ISS. We've got uh, Star Trek Strange New World spoiler-free review of the first three episodes. Holy shit, it's good. Also, The Man Who Fell From Earth, sci-fi that absolutely needs to be on your watch list. And we'll get you started with the first two episodes for free. After that, it's going to cost you. James Webb Space Telescope gets ready to give us amazing insights into our solar system. A look at Elite Dangerous Odyssey one year on. Fun things happening and speculation about things to come soon in No Man's Sky. We got the XGR racers in the house breaking down the Stanton Cup. And all the Invictus free fly letter from the chairman news, you can handle all this and no more, so stay tuned. If you're listening to us on the podcast and would like to see the live show and visuals, check us out on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash Black Sky Legion and on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash Black Sky Legion. If you're watching us on YouTube or Twitch and would like to know how to catch our podcast, check out anchor.fm forward slash Black Sky Legion. For sending us your thoughts by email, you can reach us at blackskylegion at gmail.com. Our very active and growing Black Sky Legion Discord can be found at tinyurl.com forward slash BSL Discord, where you can check out community feedback, resources on Elite Dangerous, Star Citizen, and No Man's Sky, and get real-time updates from a variety of content creators. In addition to the Discord community feedback channel, feel free to write in our YouTube comments anything about the topic of the week, as well as anything else you'd like to share. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if you're enjoying the show on YouTube, please make sure to like and subscribe and click on the bell. It really helps us out. On Twitch, a follow would be much appreciated. We record live every Friday night at 8pm Eastern, midnight UTC. So come and join in on the fun. If you're listening to us on the podcast, Please make sure to rate and review us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever platform you use, and let us know if there's a format you want us to look into. And most importantly, tell your friends about the show. You're listening to the Black Sky Legion! Subscribe if you want! Who fucking cares? Goddamn right, fucking burger ant. Subscribe if you want. Who fucking cares? All right, right off the bat, let's get some real space news in the house. First off, I don't know if you guys saw it, but earlier today... Boeing Starliner did a docking. Well, it's actually in the process of doing all that shit now. It had a launch a couple hours ago, and they were uh, uh, NASA was streaming it live for everyone to check out. Uh, the link is going into the live stream now for you to check out later, and you can go back and watch it. Uh, just, just big salute. There's so many things going on in space these days that I think a lot of things slip through the cracks, and. I don't want to sit here and spend like hours and hours going at it unless like that's a, a, a specific topic of the night. But I want to just kind of highlight shit because I don't even know like how many times maybe people sort of don't know that this stuff is happening. And I, I you know, I just kind of want people to to be ready, to be aware, to know what's going on. So, 
All right, let's see. Let me just move this. All right. Also, we had, uh, let me bring this up for you, asset two. The James Webb NASA, James Webb Space Telescope Program, uh, they posted, they tweeted uh, earlier in this week that they have completely uh, successfully done a, a round of testing of like tracking systems with the telescope they're going through this whole long process of of tediously testing every last thing and they got a complete you know all across the board success so they are now starting the process they are going to be doing tracking on various uh objects within our solar system and giving us all kinds of uh never before seen detailed uh images of various planets and whatnot i'm super excited for when they spark up the what is it the 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 radio telescope program that is specifically going to look for and and hopefully once and for all within this year answer the question of do we have a like micro black hole on the other side of the kyber belt or is it what scientists have long suspected planet that they're calling Persephone. There's a, a very, very large now ninth planet. It used to be called the 10th planet back when Pluto was uh, listed among their, their number. Um, but I'm super, super excited to see what happens with that. I'm My money says that it's not a micro black hole on the other side of the Kyber, that it's far on the other side of the Kyber, a super massive planet that's throwing off the, the gravitational pulls of all of the planets in our solar system it has a, a highly eccentric uh, uh orbit and it's the kind of thing that passes by us every several thousand years but uh i'm super excited to see what it is and so we'll keep you apprised of everything going on with the james west webb space telescope we uh absolutely love the james webb space telescope and i think rain's got something on that yeah, just to bring this uh, total project into um, sort of like understanding for everybody, the James Webb Space Telescope Project has a total project cost of $9.7 billion, and it is the most advanced space-based telescope that we have ever launched mm -hmm. and uh, is currently in an Earth-Sun Lagrange 2 orbital position uh, in a very eccentric orbit, and the total mission duration for those interested is 10 years planned, 20 years expected. The primary mission is five and one-half years, and uh, it has some of the most advanced sensors and cameras, including a near-infrared camera, near-infrared spectrograph system, and uh, mid-infrared instrumentation, as well as uh, up-to-date uh, fine guidance sensors and near-infrared imaging, and stiltless spectrograph systems so if you want to look all that information up the james webb space telescope has all kinds of information on wikipedia and on nasa's websites and things like that as well so feel free to get involved in that it's going to be sending us the most detailed most advanced arc nanos like arc second resolution images that we've ever seen in the history of human space exploration so yeah stay tuned for more hell yeah hell yeah good stuff all right so now let's hop in. We've covered real space. Let's hop in and get into some awesome uh, sci-fi stuff. So here is the trailer for Star Wars, or Star Wars, Jesus, Star Trek Strange New Worlds, Episode 3. Uh, 
it just aired yesterday, and spoiler alert, it was fucking amazing. But we're going to talk a little bit about Star Trek as soon as we come back from showing you this. We have a situation. Landing party members are showing symptoms of some kind of contamination. What are you doing? They're being attracted to light. Computer and simulation. What did you do that for? I want to feel the radiance on my skin. It's a thousand degrees. It'll kill you. It's only a matter of time before we all become infected. Does that thing have a setting for stun? I am arming us with knowledge. Hell yeah. Am I the only one that when I when I saw the episode, I didn't see the trailer first. I just dove right in and saw the episode. I was like, what the fuck is the kid from Dune doing as an extra on Star Trek? That, he looks just like the fucking the kid. Uh, whatever. The, the kid from Dune. The Chalet, Chalamet, Shalamar, Shamalama Ding Dong. Timothy yeah. Chalamet. Yeah, that one. He looks just, that kid looks just like the that, that kid. Very talented kid. I'm, I'm a big fan. Um, all right. So spoiler, like free, no spoilers at all. I, I promise you, <clears throat> I have seen every episode of Star Trek Strange New World, uh, all three, and I am super, super hyped for episode four. This, you know, which comes out next Thursday. This is exactly real Star Trek. I'm not shitting on Picard. I'm not shitting on Discovery. I'm not shitting on anything else. But I will say that while those other programs are perfectly fine and valid, some people like them, some people don't, I'm not getting into that discussion. I will say this, though. They are of a different type, a different flavor than old school Trek. I love Star Trek. I love The Next Generation. I love Deep Space Nine. I love Deep Space Nine. That's my favorite. Uh, eh, uh, Voyager... I kind of had a, a little couple issues with it, and I'll, I'll explain. My, my issues with it were more that with the whole Maquis whatever thing, that it, that it seemed, again, like it was there was some darkness, there was some edge, there was some bite to it. It wasn't... I The thing that I love about Star Trek is it's supposed to be this utopia in which humankind and other races uh, from various planets come together in a sort of utopian future... And you do get darkness and you do get like evil and, and, and greed and petty and jealousy and all that stuff. But it's supposed to be that you're it's they find that on the outside and they're dealing with it. But the, the heart of Star Trek is supposed to be sort of pure and optimistic and, and, and hopeful. Uh, so Discovery mm, Enterprise, I absolutely loved that. That show did not get enough of a chance. It was good and it, it and, and it could have done more. Um, it, it had a little rocky start, whatever, but come on, let's be honest. The Next Generation, which was amazing, kind of was fairly shitty through most of the first season. A lot of Star Treks are a little rough in season one, and then they find their way and whatever. But, like, Strange New Worlds is Star Trek. If you love Star Trek, the original, if you love The Next Generation, you will love strange new worlds i am not spoiling a single thing but just just saying that it no details but it has the heart it feels right and the cast is amazing and i don't they're not 
I don't know. They're they're approaching it. I love. Don't get me like a lot of people are like, oh, I don't like this new Star Trek because it's too woke or it's too this or so. I don't know. To me, Star Trek's always been fairly fucking woke, and I love it for that. I love that it's whatever, but it's optimistic. It's not preaching at you and telling you why you're bad. It's inspiring you to be good. If that makes any sense, I don't know. But I just absolutely want to throw it out there that this new Star Trek is banging. Go sign up for whatever the fuck, Paramount Plus. Give them a couple bucks. You can get it on... If you have Amazon Prime, you can add a couple bucks. If you want to steal it, steal it. I don't, I'm don't. i not your dad. I'm not in charge of you. But like, I think it's also worth it to throw them a couple dollars just to say, this is real Star Trek. I support this. I will pay for this. I want to give you my money. I love this. Um, anybody have some feels on this on this Star Trek uh, Strange New Worlds? Anybody seen it, first of all? And, and, and what are you guys feeling about it? Crickets. You want dots? You want, well, you said you wanted dots. Okay, uh, whatever. Like, hop in. Um, I have not seen it yet. I'm okay. Looking very much, very much looking forward to it. So good to hear that it's good. How's the how's the big E look? The big E? The Enterprise. Oh my God, it's amazing. It is. I they somehow managed to in so many of these things. It's weird because. It'll be a show that's 40 years after the original, but it's a prequel, and it's like, it looks wrong. It looks like too technically whatever. Somehow, in Star Trek Strange New Worlds, they managed to both make it look amazing with modern graphics, and at the same time, true to the old Star Trek, uh, the, the original Star Trek Enterprise you know, shape and I don't know how they did it, but it's both retro and next gen at the same time. Um, I got to call out one other thing. I had posted the link in our discord for those of you that are members of our discord for it. it, Paramount plus had the first episode up for like a week and a half to watch for free, like the full episode. It was completely awesome. And then they pulled. They just pulled it down. I, I mean, I literally shared this link with somebody like two days ago, and they were able to watch it. And today, when I went to get the link for the show to post it for you guys, it says I, I clicked on the pre-existing link that I had, and it said this has been removed by the poster. And I was like, "Oh, bummer." So find it wherever you find it. Wink, wink. On the internets, they have stuffs, and. Watch the first episode, however you access it. And if you agree and you think I'm right. Please feel free to go and pay them a couple bucks and check it out. Um, anybody else have anything on on uh, on Strange New Worlds before we move on? Not for me. All right. Well, we're moving on. Next up, we have another amazing, I mean, oh my God, amazing sci-fi show. I've been telling everyone about this. Here's the deal. I stumbled across this by accident this week. I had never heard of it. I didn't know it was coming. This was not even on my radar. And I am a super fucking nerd. But, like, I I just happened to see a trailer, watched it, and then saw where you could find the first two episodes online for free, legally, on YouTube to watch. Uh, I'm going to play you this clip, and then we're going to talk about this. This needs to be a thing in your life. No joke. Check it out. 
I was sent to find you. There's a door in front of you. On the other side is something I could never imagine. They're gonna take the house next month. I'm always working. Molly has no one. I saw something. It freaked me out. I was sent to find you. I'm talking to someone from another planet. So am I. Do you have anyone? A family? Children? They are waiting for me. If they survived. My planet is dying. Earth is on the same trajectory. Can you help me? <laughs> you are a scientist. You have the potential for all things. I need to know where he's from, and I need to know what he's doing here. They know what you are. Go. Take him. Now. I brought you here to finish what I started. This is how we all survive. Holy shit. All right, I'm posting the links right now as we discuss this for you guys. Give me one second, and then I'll get the B-roll started again. I really need somebody to do this shit for me. Let's see. Uh, stream live chat. Here are the links. These are three links. The first is to the trailer that I just played you. The second is to uh, the first episode, which you can watch entirely for free on YouTube. And the third link is to the second uh, episode, which you can watch entirely for free on YouTube. Or, yes, on YouTube. Uh, I have also seen episodes three and four. That's the most recent one that has come out. This is a show that is it's they're airing it every week on uh, Showtime. Let me tell you something. Uh, holy shit. This show, first off... Chiwetel Ejiofor, if he doesn't get nominated for Best Actor for this show, it's a fucking crime because that dude is amazeballs. And Naomi Harris, Miss Moneypenny, some of you will remember, also knocks it out of the park. Just, she is so, just amazing in, in, in her portrayal of her life and the things that are going on. Again, no spoilers, but you saw some stuff in the trailer. Uh... Bill Nye is, oh my God, just a treasure, as he is in everything. Uh, the dude that plays Naomi Harris's dad, you hear his voice, and you see him maybe for just a, a brief second, but it's 
The dude, it's it's Detective Fancy or whatever from The Wire. Remember the dude who had his shit all wired tight and he was uh um he was making the little teeny tiny like miniature furniture that he sold online and it was the dad for those of you who watch Foundation, it's the dad of Warden uh Salvor Hardin. Uh I love that actor. He's he is great in everything. And the dude, I forget his name the 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 guy who's the lawyer that's helping him out with the the three main people that are sort of working together uh he's like i need to know who he is and what he's doing here that guy is amazing too this is an amazing amazing cast um i'm embarrassed that i had never heard of this i just there's so much shit going on that stuff slips between the cracks so i am evangelizing as hard as i can for this show like everybody like it literally costs you zero dollars. Go on YouTube, click those two fucking links, watch the first two episodes. I am telling you, you're gonna love this. Yes, this absolutely is. I'm not sure if I would call it a, a continuation or a sequel to. I think it's more of a kind of a remake, but kind of in the in a gray area between remake and sequel of the David Bowie, the '70s, uh, the Man Who Fell to Earth. Uh, the reason why I say is because it kind of picks up like Bowie's original story, but there is references to a previous traveler. So like it could be like I, it's gray area, but I, I don't know what to call it other than fucking amazing. And you guys need to check this out. Osashis, what do you think? I don't have a lot to say. This is like you. This is the first I've ever seen of this or heard of this, but uh, it's got the old dude from Underworld and it's got freaking Janeway like. Count mm-hmm. me in. Let's Hell go. Yeah. Hell yeah. And I'm telling you, Chiwetel Ejiofor is a fuck... Like, there's certain things where it's like... There's there's certain actors where they're just fucking above it. I don't, I don't care who they are. If you say they're in it, I'm going to watch just to see what happens. Don Cheadle, I'm there. Uh, William H. Macy, I'm fucking there. Uh, um... um God, what's that guy? Uh, the, the, who's the guy? God. Who's who? Uh, Black God. Everybody knows him. He's God. He's the voice of God. Uh, Morgan right? Freeman. Morgan Freeman. I don't care what you put him in. You put him in a thing. I'm gonna go watch it because Morgan Freeman's in it. I'm gonna go watch it because William H Macy's in it. Uh, you know, there's there's certain men and women who you just know. Like, all right, they don't do shit stuff. If they do it, it's good. Check it out. So, yeah, I. I I, I I know probably everybody's like, all right, move on with stuff, blah, blah, blah. But like, I just, you need to make this show part of your life. It is that good. And there's a clip. I'm going to, I'm going to cut out and clip for next week's episode. There's a clip where this dude breaks down in episode three. He does this rant because they were like, well, we have this idea where we can make fusion or whatever. And he's like, oh, you're just going to eliminate the, the, the entire world's dependency on fossil fuel. And then he does like a five minute rant on Oh, you're, you're just going to destroy all of society because you don't even know how much of our society is built am- among this sort of suicidal group pact of like, we're going to just run this bitch into the ground. He's like, you're going to just, governments are going to crumble. The world is going to whatever. It'll be instant war. People killing their own people. It was like, oh, wait, what? Huh? Like, it, it's, it's amazing. The show is something you guys have to say. All right, I'm going to shut up now. We'll move on. Let's move on to Elite Dangerous News. Elite Dangerous News. All right. So 
Elite Dangerous. This is the show that marks the one-year anniversary, because it was literally yesterday, a year ago, May 19th, 2019, or 2021, Jesus Christ, that uh, Odyssey launched. So, a year and a day. Uh, looking back on it from from the vantage of that, of that year, uh, there have been a lot of um, sort of interesting thoughts and observations and whatnot. I'm going to share some with you. First off, uh, I want to definitely uh, make a shout out here to, or share a link. And I cannot believe I'm about to do this. I'm doing this in the, in the, in the stream chat while shaking my own head. The Yamics had a 22, 21 minute long video that says Elite Dangerous Odyssey one year later. I I can't believe I'm going to say this, but literally watching that video. Yes, there was a little bit of hyperbole here and there, but 99% of everything he said in there, I was like, wow, that's spot on. That's accurate. That's so I don't know to what extent he's changed in not being a total ass or maybe I've changed to become more of an ass. I, I don't know. That's whatever. But I did see that video and thought, whew, holy cow. That's, it's a lot of fair insights and assessments and doesn't paint the brightest picture. Um, does anybody, before I move on, have anything? Well, you know what? I'm going to hit a couple things and then I'll just let people uh, hop in. The next link I have is to a PC Gamer article that I'm going to list here. And in this article, uh, it's written by Natalie Clayton. One year on, Odyssey still must misunderstands what made Elite Dangerous great. Again, I got to say, 100% I agree with this article. It and, and, and even sort of way less reservedly so than with the Amex, because the Amex is still the Amex. But like with regard to this article... It was fair, it was well-reasoned, it was polite, and it explained literally like why some people are, are, are not thrilled with regard to Odyssey. And to sum it up, I, I have the link in there. I strongly suggest go read this article. There's articles I'll tell you like, eh, this one's not worth it. That one's worth it. To sum it up, basically the point was, this isn't even bad as a shooter, but the Elite Dangerous Odyssey crowd isn't the shooter crowd. These are people that are excited by exploration. These are people that are excited by the Star Trek of it all. They want to go and explore and find new plants and, and do interesting science-y, pseudo-science-y stuffs and do, you know, salvage and do all of this thing. And what you added was, here is, um, like, Shooter, shooter, shooter. 404. The, is the PC Gamer article that the link is not found? Let me take a look and see what's up with that because that's weird. PC Gamer is listening. Is it not showing up now? That's weird. I will get the thing as we as other people come in to talk and I will repost it with the, with the proper link. I don't know what the hell happened because that link was working earlier. Um but uh, actually, Wolf, can you pull it up? It's from in the crew chat channel. Can you pull it up and post I got it? it? Thank you. Yeah, Elix jumped on that. All right, beautiful. So hopefully that one works. 
Um, all right, I'm just going to move on to the next thing, which is talking about the uh, Frameshift Live Episode 8 uh, two-hour stream that they did, and then we will uh, get all of the Elite Dangerous Odyssey commentary in one fell swoop. Um, <clears throat> all right. Yesterday, on the anniversary of the, the year of, of launch, they did a Frameshift Live Episode 8 two-hour stream. In it, they gave out, um, what do you call it? Um, what are those things called? Twitch drops that everybody loves, I guess. Um, but I got to say, it was a pretty good stream as compared to their other streams that they've done over the last two years or so. Um, I wasn't mad at it. So first they talked about update 12 editions. They say update 12 is coming at some point in this month. They say that it has, you know, the general optimization, optimizations, bug fixes, and stability. No, no real details. Plus, though, they did say that it has, they're adding a menu wheel uh, added while seated. So that's been a thing that people have been saying. How come I can't do anything? I can't emote. I can't access my anything. I have to stand up to do anything. That's weird. They're adding that. You can interact with the barman while seated now. Still no drinks. It's just for the purpose of basically being a front for the selling black market materials or whatever. But you can talk to him while sitting down now. You can use the fleet captain's chair to access the fleet carrier management window. Okay, cool. Black markets will now offer more for stolen goods. Right on. They added shipyard to the space jail, so you can now call a ship instead of having to taxi out. They talked about the new mission type that is coming to the game that was on the much-touted roadmap that wasn't a roadmap. This new mission type is literally just the mission that they already introduced to the game a couple months back the thing where it's like defend the box defend the MacGuffin it's that but now instead of doing it for a legal side if you go to a they say illegal system spoiler alert uh frontier community managers those don't exist but I assume they mean anarchy system if you do it for an anarchy system you can take that same exact same mission of just defend the box and now you're defending it instead of from pirates, you're defending it from cops. So you're shooting cops to defend the box. But it's still the exact it's it's the same box and you've got the the pirates are now reskinned as police and you're shooting police to defend the box as opposed to before shooting pirates to defend the box. But it is the exact same mission. So I'm not exactly sure that I would classify this as a new mission type, but whatever now to be clear this is the mission type that the burrs just put out a video like three days before i'm going to link it for you and those of you who sort of mm, how do i say this those of you who know the burrs know that they are about the most positive and they are the only positive and, and starch defenders of elite dangerous sort of left these days and they put out a video called The Problem with Settlement Defense Missions. 
eight minutes long, in which they basically say the mission itself is more or less okay. It just doesn't fit the sort of theme of the world. It doesn't fit the lore. There's definitely gaps in how it works. There's things that don't seem to make sense. Like all of a sudden you accept the mission and everybody that was in that town suddenly is not in that town. There's no friendlies around. There's no, it's, there's things that sort of just don't fit with elite that are there. So I don't know. Um, so that's the new mission type that was vaunted in the, the, the roadmap that they put out. Then they did a, a very cool, a very cool chat with a dev. Tom Cool is his name, K-E-W-E-L-L. Uh, he's the same guy that did the Scorpion SRV chat. He was talking about the new mission type. It was a very cool chat. Uh, full points for adding something new and getting a dev to discuss it. I thought that was very unlike what Elite has been doing for the last year. And I, I, I really thought, okay, that's cool. That's interesting. Um, also, this dude was an absolute fucking Chad. He was like, uh, at one point, uh, uh, Bruce asked him, it was a pre-record, you know, so they could control and edit and whatever. But at one point, Bruce asked him, so uh, if you could add anything to Elite, what would you add? And he did not hesitate. He's like, anything? Oh, yeah. I would say I want to land on all the planets, not just some of the planets. All the planets would be great. And then at the end, when they were wrapping it up, he was like, yeah, that planet idea? Let's throw that in the roadmap. I was like, oh, I fucking love this guy. I love this guy. Uh, so, Yeah. That was cool. That was a very, very cool thing. The rest of the stream, they did a recap of Galnet stuff. They did shout-outs to the White Knight podcasts. Um, you know, it was funny uh, in the chat. I didn't even see it, but uh, uh, Tweet was like, yeah, the chat, when they shouted out the podcast, he was like, somebody put in the chat, what about Black Sky Legion? They're a great podcast. Uh, so full shout-outs and, and full, full uh, marks to you, brother. Thank you very much. Big salute. They did their community roundup stuffs. I will say it's hilarious that they, they shouted out the, the podcasts that they sort of think are friendly. And, and with regard to some of them, they're definitely right. Uh, I've stopped watching Lave. I just can't subject myself to it anymore, but whatever. Um, but they said about Lave, they were like, yeah, Lave probably just did an episode earlier today. It's like, no, they, they do episodes on Tuesday. They've done episodes on Tuesday every for like the last eight years. It's... It's clear that you have no, that you don't sort of regularly watch or listen to Lave. Um, they did a shout out to Loose Screws, despite the fact that honestly, I think based on having heard yesterday's episode of Loose Screws, I, I, I'm I'm more positive on Elite than they are at this point. Uh, it, it it's it's whatever. Uh, but there there's <clears throat> there's the Elite Dangerous stuff. From the live stream, which again, I will say was a better live stream they've done in a long, long time. So I, I want to actually give them points for that. So going to all of the elite uh, uh, chatter, um, let's start with, oh, did that move the thing? Let me change the, let me find, there we go. Let's go with that one. So let's start with looking in the recording booth. Uh, we've got Wolf Dragon, EDO commentary, go. 
So, you know, the benefit of us having a little bit of time to look and see what's been put out, being able to talk about it and whatnot. Um, if we ignore the horrifically bad launch, um, I, I'm in agreement with you. Like, it's it's a shooter. It doesn't... Uh, it, it it doesn't match though. It's it's weird. It's it's as if when they touted the whole get out of your ship and have your Armstrong moment, it was gonna be something akin to um, oh uh, for all mankind, where you you're gonna jump out of your ship and immediately have the need to shoot someone in the face. Like that's not quite what we were looking for with it, but. You know, it it is what it is. It's it's not a terrifically great shooter. It's it's not a terrifically bad one either. I mean, it it does it does what it does and it functions how it functions. But you know, for the majority of us who are in it for the exploration, for the science, for the the going out and doing stuff thing, like that whole side of Odyssey is just lacking. And I think that's the the biggest takeaway for it's it's an expansion to our game that doesn't really mesh well with our game as we had it before. So, is it a missed mark? In some places, yes. Is it enjoyable to do those things? If that is your inclination, absolutely yes. It's just, Elite is very much a game where it is exactly what you make of it. If you just go out and you've got a ship with some range and you leave the bubble and you never come back, well, that's one experience. If you stay in the bubble, create a PMF and get territories and do stuff, like that's a completely different experience. It just, mm -hmm. It's weird. It, it's kind of hard to wrap your, your head around, was it a hit, was it a miss? Because there's, there's too many facets to the original game itself and places where it does mesh up a bit and places where it doesn't. Okay. I can see that. Uh, I have a message from someone who does not want their name to be read out, but their response was Frameshift Live, a.k.a. Zach looked like he was homeless, question mark, with a smiley face. Yeah, I think Zach was getting over a bug or something. He, uh, whatever. I'm not going to... Yeah, whatever. Uh, Lady Raincloud, you have something on uh, Odyssey? Yeah, I um, I think that them actually finally uh, getting a dev to come on stream. Um, obviously, it takes time away from that dev's work week, but it's still what the community needs for this type of stuff. I think they're still... <clears throat> They're doing good. They're kind of moving in the right direction, but they need to be doing more. I feel like they're just kind of still missing the mark, right? Like when we when we talk about Odyssey weapons, there are eleven ground weapons for Odyssey. When there's like thirty some odd different types of weapon systems for spaceships, and when you've got a, a handheld kinetic weapon that costs as much as like two eagles. Um, it's just a massive disconnect. There's there's no parity and continuity between your space game and your ground game. And they have still yet, for me, they have still yet to address any of that disparity between the space game and the ground game. Um, I can run a full kinetic build on a ship 
and be viable. I can run a full energy build on a ship and be viable. On the ground, I've got to carry both and switch between them all the damn time. Um, at least playing when I did play. You know, if somebody comes in, well, if you have it at grade 5 or whatever, I don't care. The point being that when you start, you need to be switching weapons constantly. And, like, there's just there's so much disconnect, like mm. Wolf put. There is no science. The science is I walk up to this plant that is the same plant on every planet that has this plant, and there's like 12 of them, and I I point at it, and I left mouse click, job done, moving on. And I just don't understand why people think that's exploration. I, th I think they're doing good, they're making good progress, they're making me debate on coming back, but as I tried last week with maintaining the positivity and the feedback, they're still missing the mark. And I just don't understand why why they cannot see it. Why they cannot see that they have <clears throat> one of the best flight models, one of the best sound teams, some of the best gameplay on the market when it comes to like fighting Thargoids and doing missions on the ground and things like that, and one of the most amazing and technologically advanced planetary uh, you know, simulation systems in the in the entirety of the industry and they just they still aren't doing anything with it like you said on the stream all the planets would be nice yes i would like to land on all of the planets not just the barren rocky lifeless moons please and i don't know ship interiors would be nice i forgot though we're not we don't we don't want that <clears throat> fair enough that's was... it from me <laughs> oh sashes yeah so i have not watched dmx video but i did read that article uh, I did agree with most of it, I, uh, barring the FPS kind of take. I, okay. I don't feel like it's a very good FPS. As somebody that really likes ground shooty shooty, so it felt a little half-assed for me at launch. It still feels really half-assed to me now. But I, yeah. I don't want to come off like super salty. I have some really good memories with Elite, and so that like that whole game kind of holds a good place in my heart. I've really tried to come back to it probably uh, half a dozen times since a little bit after Odyssey, but yeah, it just can't really get me. I've done the but, same. Um, I, yeah, it's just, it's tough, man. It feels like it's on life support. It feels like they have like a tiny amount of devs actually doing anything. And if they have a lot more, I'd really love to know what they're doing. So some transparency would be awesome. I don't want to go any further because I'll just get salty. So but that's it's pretty much what I have to say. So I, I have two observations that I want to make real quick. And then I know Black Maze has a point he wants to make as well. And then we'll, we'll move on because I don't want to dunk on Elite all night. We, we got good stuff to talk about. First observation is this. <clears throat> the most important thing right now in the Elite Dangerous community, and if you were to ask 100 people from the Elite Dangerous community, I think you would get this answer 95% from the people. The most important issue hanging over the Elite community at the moment is the console transfer question. It was the only real piece of good news that they introduced in their last stream two weeks ago where they said, hey, we're going to try and do this and this and this with transfers. And they made it sound in several ways very much like it wasn't just we're going to try, like we're going to do it. And I think that it's disconcerting that they had a two-hour stream, which is the first stream since then, two weeks later, half a month later, and they did not mention it at all. Not once. Afterwards, because they got a flood of whatever, I think Zach tweeted like, hey, we're working on it. We're going to try to do it later in the year. But like the big thing, the good thing, the thing that the people that are Elite Dangerous fanboys were cheering about from two weeks ago, their last official communication was 
hey, we're gonna we're gonna do or try to do. I want to be clear. This, this, and this with console transfers, and they just did not say one word about it. The second observation that I have with regard to Elite uh, in general, <clears throat> having listened to uh, Loose Screws last night, they, they Loose Screws does their show every Thursday night. Uh, they were talking about <clears throat> one of the guys there has said that he has tried to do a ton of the on-foot missions because his friend is a huge shooter fanboy guy, and that's what he was excited about. And he said that while the Elite Dangerous ship missions seem to have about a 90% plus success rate of like the missions work, his assessment was less than half of the on-foot ground shooty do a missions work. He was like, they fail because the guys bug out. They fail because the objective bugs out. They fail because you get there and everybody's already dead and your job is to kill them. And since you didn't kill them, you can't get it succeeded. They fail because of this and that and the other. And basically, and this was a surprise to me because I was operating under the impression, and I'll be honest, <clears throat> I haven't really done a lot of shooter play in a while in Elite. I was doing it when Odyssey first came out and was having tons and tons of problems, but I had been under the impression from all of these fixes that they had done post that, that that had gotten a lot better. His assessment from having, he said, tried to do 30 plus, 40 plus missions with him and his buddy in the last week, less than half of them were able to be successful. Chig... When he talked about this mission type that they the, this new criminal mission thing or whatever, he said he went to do three of those box missions. Now, granted, the new mission type isn't in yet; it doesn't come until update twelve. But it's just a reskin to the criminal side or the anarchy side of the pre-existing that's been out for like three months mission. He said he went and did three of them and was able to successfully complete zero out of three. He said in one of them, he showed up there and everything was empty and nothing would spawn. In one of them, the guys bugged out, the enemies bugged out, and he couldn't get a complete. And in the third one, he had killed all of the guys, but then he, like, you have to interact with the box or whatever to close out the mission, and, like, it didn't whatever. So basically, his response was, the these new missions, the one that they're adding variants for, zero out of three worked, so I gave up, I'm not doing them. And now they're adding more whatever. And the other guy's thing was, your ground missions don't work, and you're making these streams, touting it, making it sound like they work. Uh, what the hell? So so, so that's that with regard to the EDO missions. Lastly, with regard to story in Elite Dangerous, I'm going to say this. I hope that the... Adam Asterline goes somewhere that it's not just sort of a side loop that's irrelevant to the galaxy. I hope that it goes somewhere interesting. I really do. I hope that this, I, I, I suspect that the Adam Master storyline and the Salvation storyline are going to cross paths. So likewise, I hope that the Salvation storyline goes somewhere and does something. I will point out with the one storyline that I was actually most excited about with regard to when Galnate came back was the whole storyline of the, what the fuck, the, the Marlinists. So the Marlinists, just to give you the briefest of, of backgrounds, the Marlinists was 
there was a group who had been wanting the empire to go more like a like a republic they wanted more democ- democratic whatever to it <clears throat> and they um had been trying through peaceful means for 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 a generation or so to accomplish this uh a group broke off and radicalized from them and became this they were called the the what is it the the something neo marlinist or whatever the the and they were basically terrorists they were on a jihad to kill the emperor, in this case, Empress, Larissa Lavinia Duvall, and all of her line, and free the empire from the evil peoples. So that it could be a democratic republic or whatever the hell. So Marlinists start doing terrorist shit. They start blowing up stations and doing whatever. They are super, super good at it because they've infiltrated the the imperial version of the FBI, CIA, whatever, the secret police. And they're always one step ahead of everything. Now, Grant, keep in mind, their stated mission was to kill the royal line and to turn the government back over to the people. As a result of their activities, the imperial government cracks down hard on the peaceful Marlinists. So basically, if you were to give this a whatever, it would be, you know, Al-Qaeda versus, you know, like radical Islamic terrorist versus just decent, normal Islamic non-terrorist people. The, the empire, empire government started just destroying all of the peaceful people. And as a result, they said, fuck you, and hopped on ships and got out of the empire. And they aligned themselves with the Alioth with the Alliance government and with the help of uh, the the Sirius Corp basically made some planets that they could make their home and hang out in. Where we're at a year and a half into this storyline because this storyline picked up on October the 10th of 2020. Where we're at a year and a half into the storyline is if you believe this, the terrorists bombed a bunch of places, were always ahead of the Empire. They managed to kill absolutely no one of any relevance. The only person they killed was Blue-Haired Girl's dad. Then, which he was irrelevant to the story altogether. Then they managed to kidnap the Empress, the person who they most wanted to kill... And they buried her in a like pod that kept her alive in suspended animation or whatever for a year until she was rescued. They did not hurt her in any way, and she's rescued and she's back. So they are that entire loop was completely fucking irrelevant and led to nowhere, despite the fact that they had her in their midst. Think about this for a moment. Imagine Al-Qaeda got their hands on George W. Bush back in the days of, you know, Bush versus Saddam Hussein, or not Saddam Hussein, uh, uh, Osama bin Laden. What are the odds that they would have said, well, I tell you what, let's go ahead and put him in suspended animation for a year and bury him in the desert until he can be rescued by his people. Let's not cut his head off on live TV. Let's just, you know, hang out and be nice to him. And then on top of that, on the peaceful Marlinist side, they were being oppressed by the empire. So they left the empire. They stayed apart for a good long while. And now they've just recently been, I guess, convinced to go back into the Empire. So the terrorist side of the story was a big fucking loop that led to nowhere. And the peaceful Marlinist story was a big fucking loop that went to nowhere. I want my year and a half back. What the fuck? If you want to do a cool story, 
I support that. Please make the story in some way meaningful. What the fuck? All right. We got some dots in here, so let's start with Black Maze. Go for it. Yeah, I so I haven't seen any of the uh, the live streams, right? I'm I'm kind of replying to what you just shared about what what they were talking about, but I kind of just want to remind people that you know the thing with FDEF is they you gotta kind of temper your expectations, right? Um, if they say they're going to do, you can land on all the planets. Think about that. What 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 that will mean? I'd like to remind people of uh, when they had Dr. K. Ross on stream, talking about why we didn't see dense atmospheres yet, and why they decided to dial it back so that there still was something, you know, to do in the future. And she kind of had to like crawl back on her words a little bit there. And I I just want to you know, warn people not to hope and expect too much. Mm, fair. All right. Uh, Lady Rain? Well, Dr. K is a brilliant woman, number one. Number two, um, which obviously we all agree on, I think the the thing about her having to retract things was not her fault. Um, and I, I agree with... What Mays just said, that, you know, temper expectations. Um, I would come back for that, because the thing that threw me out, that finally threw me out, was discovering my first ringed Earth leg that I got to put my name on, and I got to just enjoy it from orbit, and just dreaming. Could I go down there? Could I see the oceans and the forests, and what about caves? And could I could I go and see the ring from from the surface and things like that? So, um, and in regards to the storyline, I have always felt that Elite's story. I'm just gonna say it. If I get blowback for it, I get blowback for it because, as Kai, you always say, we get to say what we say, right? It's sure. Decent. I I've always thought Elite's story was meaningless from one end to the other. Just straight up. It never meant anything to me. It never affected my gameplay. It never, like, cool. I mean, you built some new space stations up in Colonia. I'm never going to go there. Maybe. Um, so, I don't... I don't. I just think that's par for the course. Like, these community goals and storylines that never affected my gameplay um, in the 500 hours that I played the game. So, I would love to see it. Like, just to mention the other game, Star Citizen, we voted for the Imperator that person actually got picked. That's actually going to have an impact on what happens with the UEE and the government and everything moving forward. I want to see things that matter. I want to see President Zachary Hudson not be the president of the Federation anymore. I want to see Aisling, finally, my queen, my queen, my bae, I want to see Aisling finally become queen, queen of the Empire. And I want to see change. Please with these storylines and this role in in the stuff that the narrative and world building and lore team is is doing they're all talented authors and writers can we can we please make it mean something please mm -hmm. all right Wolf. my rant sorry so i mean i kind of have to agree with with lady rain um with the 
with the storyline and their meaningfulness, and of course agree with her about how Dr. K is awesome, um, but it it all kind of goes to personal narrative. It It would be really nice if there was a community goal where we were defending whoever and there was the, like with the whole red wedding setup where everybody of importance got away just fine and 14 red shirts died like come on how dare you, you say Captain Stark was not of importance <laughs> and oh, wait a second hold on okay I agree with your your larger point but you're just dead wrong in that the fact that the red wedding didn't affect anybody important they literally killed the king of the north and his mom, who then turned out I, I to meant, be a zombie killing everybody. Oh, okay, okay. I, I, I your point the is red right, wedding though. we were talking about in, in Elite. Of course, in Game of Thrones, oh. it, it made sense. Oh, it was yes, yes, not yes. just a plot device. It yes. Was... The re- so, what, for those who don't remember, what, what Wolf was responding to was, there was a, a CG, an event, a storyline event, where they took all of like the heads of every fucking government and threw them in one station for a week to be like, hey, we're going to have a summit and we're going to figure out how we're going to run the galaxy from this point forward. This was at the height of the point where every week you turned, flipped up the story and it was like, what space station did these guys, the Neo-Marlinists, blow up this week? They literally put everybody of importance on one station. They hung around for a week and then it was like, all right, we finished our thing and then we left it. Everybody who's watching the story, this would be like if there was an episode of 24 or a season of 24 where Jack Bauer is chasing the terrorists, and then he finally gets to where they're at, and they're like, yeah, no, we we retired. We're not going to bomb anything anymore. It would be like, wait, what? What's the fucking point of this story? Osashis. Yeah, I mean, just kind of going on this with story, like, make the story matter. I don't know. Pretty much the entire time I've been around Elite, it doesn't really matter, right? Like, it's, it's cool. I love the Elite lore. always have. But making it a CG of the same exact thing, but with a different text box and maybe some silly rewards doesn't do it. Imagine if they did something actually like amazing new in the game. Remember like, I don't know, six, eight, ten months ago, whenever it was, everybody thought that station was falling, right? Yeah. And everybody was losing their freaking minds. Mm-hmm. Like imagine awesome. if they actually took on one of these stories and actually did that. Even if you did like a shitty asset and not like half-assed it, imagine the PC Gamer articles and the YouTube videos and everything. A station has crashed to a planet in Elite. Like, that would be huge. How, uh, dude, do something and create this positive hype towards your game. And it's really not like that complicated. So I don't understand why it's so hard for them to connect the dots here, to be honest. Completely agree. All right. Uh, we're going to wrap up Elite because, again, there wasn't all that much to talk about. Good job on the stream. little scared that you didn't mention at all the console transfer thing. I want to call out a, a, a comment from the chat. Uh, um... But as suspected, the M and MLA were being controlled by elements within the Empire who wanted to stage a coup to replace the Duvals. I agree. That's cool. Except for, according to the story that we've got so far, they had Arissa for a year and did fuck all with her. That makes no sense. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> uh, so whatever moving on uh that was elite there's some good stuff in there fingers crossed i hope the story goes somewhere I- i'm not shooting on the story saying it's meaningless i'm sh- i'm saying 
it seems meaningless at this point, and I hope that it has meaning soon. It goes somewhere interesting soon. Let's get on to No Man's Sky. All right, so right off the bat, let's get into uh, a very cool, I'm going to show you a very cool short video. It's 40 seconds long. Check it out, and then we'll talk about it. The point of this video for me is just to highlight the fact I've played a shit ton of No Man's Sky, and I'm sure there's a lot of people even that have played it. You don't even know all of the shit that's in No Man's Sky. There's so much shit in No Man's Sky. You can't possibly know it all. Let me just share something with you right now and see if you're like, wait, what the fuck? I didn't know this was a thing. Check it out. What's cooking, everybody? It's Dor, and in this video, we'll be having a quick look into the Relic Gate in No Man's Sky. You can come across the Relic Gate as a random encounter while pulsing. When you exit the pulse, you'll see that the Relic Gate strongly resembles the teleporter on board space stations and, of course, the one you can also build but with an outer frame and hold in place by four asteroids. When you go through the relic gate, you will be warped into a random system within the same galaxy. A nice thing about the relic gate in comparison to, for example, black holes is that it won't damage any of your technology on your multi-tool, in your exosuit and on your starship. It will also let you know exactly how many light years you have traveled. And that was all for this video. I hope you liked it and I hope to see you in the next one. All right, quick show of hands, because I know tons of people in this room have and play No Man's Sky. Who here knew that there were fucking stargates? I mean, because, yeah, you got the little stargates and space stations that you could build on your base and jump around from different place to different place. You've got the big stargates that you find on certain planets where you enter in the glyph coordinates and you can jump around to different places within the same galaxy. Who here knew that there were giant fucking space stargates that were being held pinned between four asteroids that you could fly up to and just jump to a random-ass galaxy without even knowing where the fuck you were going. Show of hands. Anybody? Played a shitload of Snowman Sky. Never seen it, never heard of it. That is awesome. Right? Played a lot as well. Absolutely no freaking clue. Now I gotta go re-download and play the game again. Yeah! Fuck yeah, Wolf. Uh, no, never, never seen it. I, I, I'm, I'm the one with extreme ADD. Uh, when it comes to all things, uh, when I'm in No Man's Sky, it's like you know, it's a constant struggle of I was supposed to be doing this, but oh look, a piece of candy, or oh look, what the hell's that? Like, if that had shown up as a thing, oh, I, I would. I would just be bouncing around all over the place and trying to find the next interesting wherever just because the thing that I have no control of threw my ass to there and here I am. Yeah. Here's the thing that's going to blow your fucking mind. That's not new. That's that's the thing that's been in the game for a while. Yeah. yeah. What you talking about, Kai? Uh, yeah, that's a real, real thing. Uh, I see people, I see someone in the stream chat, where is Tweak? Tweak is dealing with uh, sick kids at home, so Tweak is not joining us tonight. And just for anybody who might be wondering, hey, Soup's been quiet for a while. Soup literally messaged in the crew chat channel, oh, fuck, my internet connection here. He's at a hotel where he's staying uh, uh, just at the moment, and he's like, my internet connection just shit the bed. I'm sorry, guys. So 
Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's not new. So that's just me pointing out yet another thing about No Man's Sky that's amazing. Lastly, I'm going to post in a link here for you guys. Let me post it real quick here. Do, 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 do. Stream live chat. <clears throat> This is a link to a video by a guy named Beeblebum, who is a god in the uh, uh, No Man's Sky community. And it's R Freighters Next, No Man's Sky New Update, Speculation for 2022. <clears throat> Basically, we're at the point, I cannot believe I'm about to say this, but literally, uh, the No Man's Sky expedition <clears throat> is ending in like negative one hour i think it ended like an hour ago we're at the point where people are starting to look for what is next we're at the point where within the next three to four weeks we're expecting a new something in nomansky so there have been a couple of things that they've put out recently where they're highlighting stuff with like oh here's this here's that where they've put out like stuff that they've done, like with patch notes and stuff for previous things. And some eagle-eyed uh, uh, sort of people who go through all this stuff have looked and said, hey, wait a second, the background of the freighter in this thing highlighting just a menu, those are some assets that we don't have right now, at least not in freighters. We do have it accessible in certain rare bases in certain places. So... The link is in the show notes. Go check it out. It's like a, whatever, 10-minute video, 8-minute video. But the guy breaks through and he shows and he highlights like, here's this archway, here's this whatever. And he's like, okay, here's where I can show you it on a planet of a rare base type where we don't have access to these building materials anymore. But if you had it when it first came in, you you know, you had it. And yeah, it looks like. They're going to be doing some kind of a facelift, a major upgrade to freighters soon, or at least that's the speculation. And I, for one, am here for it. I have my freighter, and my freighter has all kinds of plant stuff. It has all of the refiners. It has all of the machines so that I can call down the mech or the doom buggy or the whatever to every planet I go to. It's got all of the modules so it can get into all of the systems. Um, <clears throat> I've done a lot with my freighter. But, oh my god, I would love for them to add more cool shit to do with freighters. Now, they've already added in, in this last, uh, the the Outlaws uh, edition, they added in the ability to, from the freighter, control your squad. That's the mechanism that handles your squad. So you can get your, your squadron of fighters that, that fly along with you for combat purposes and whatnot. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited and interested with regard to what's coming next and and where where it's going to be coming also i'm going to say right now we are doing next saturday we are doing an event we were supposed to do it this saturday but my dumbass forgot that oh wait it's invictus uh so next saturday we're going to do a a big event we will have details on the server during the week and we will have um we will talk about it in detail on next week's show we're gonna do something with regard to the the no uh, the Black Sky Legion home system and base building. We're gonna show you guys. We're gonna like help a lot of people get their stuff all sorted and situated. And we have tons of prizes to give away. I'm talking about 
rare pet eggs. I'm talking about rare living ship eggs, all kinds of in-game assets, all kinds of cool shit. Uh, does anybody have anything else on No Man's Sky before we move to Star Citizen? Going once. That game is a gift that keeps on giving. Hell yeah. All right. So let's move to Star Citizen. Star Citizen News. Woo! All right. Here we go, guys. Let's start off with the fact that uh, I think we maybe got a little letter this week that we could talk about. Shall we? Let's see. Here's your letter. Thanks. We just got a letter. 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 Wonder who it's from. I'm going to laugh if that's a clip that we have to edit out after it posts. Would not be surprised. <laughs> Kai, you muted? Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Everybody take a drink. Everybody yeah. drink. Yeah, whatever. Who cares? Drink. It was funny. If you want to make me edit it out, suck it. Uh, there is the link to the thing. And there is the link to the Star Citizen letter from the chairman from May 18th, 2022 from Robert Space Industries. Uh, I'm going to sort of turn this over to just everybody. We'll, we'll, we'll have um, Elix quickly, quickly run down the highlights of it. And then uh, we're all going to hop in with conversation on it. Uh, but yeah, it, 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 I, I will say this. This is the first letter we've gotten in like a year and a half-ish. It was very good, and I found it to be, number one, very honest in some points that I think a lot of the community was sort of waiting to for, for, the, for the more skeptical side was looking for some honest answers on some things, and also at the same time filled me with a lot of excitement and a lot of hope for where we're at with things. So, uh, Elix, why don't you take two minutes and just run down the highlights so the first thing is that like the first thing in the letter was he covered sort of the year in review and took a very honest look at things and he said like you know we we congratulated ourselves at adapting quickly to covid but in hindsight it still fucked us because we had to have way more meetings it was way less efficient than being able to just walk over to somebody's desk and see what was going on. So we're still struggling to get back. Then they talked about how the numbers are up, the, there's more players, there's more sales. They said 2,000 people are joining a day. Daily active users has gone up 50%. So that's, you know, that's good. And then he talked about how hey this is where we're going towards 4.0 persistence server meshing and all of that and 
revealed the good news that they have had the persistent entity streaming system, which is what was previously known as full persistence, tested, they ran it internally, and it worked. Mm. Um, then they also, and they, he, he talks about in great detail about how much work this actually has been. They've got a lot, like a four... For the size of the teams they put in the sprints, they have a very large team, 18 engineers, three QA dedicated to them, four producers, and it's finally starting to work. They had to create 12 new services. They're only going to need four more for server meshing, so almost everything is in persistence. Um, Then they got into not bad news exactly, but some people are going to take it as bad news. Because they, he talks about how, hey, they're going to need a whole bunch of time for both persistence and for server meshing in PTU. Okay. We're going to be spending a whole lot of time in PTU on 3.18. And because of that, they're bringing out 3.17.2 with new code, new missions, new locations, other gameplay stuff. Okay. So... That's your that's your two minutes to hit the highlights. We're gonna open this up for discussion. And we're gonna talk about all of the stuff so everybody can hop in with their their feels on this. As for me, I, I honestly look at this the the extended time that they're gonna do for three eighteen. I'd rather get it right than get it rushed. That's just my call. And then in addition to that, let's be honest the the sort of a lot of times. Let's. How do I say this without sounding shitty? Look, the Christmas patches kind of are a little meh in general. I have thought for a while, going back to the experience that I had with 312. 312 dropped right before they went on Christmas break. Then they went on Christmas break. 312, the game was a hot mess of unplayableness. And I'm talking about the PU, not PTU. A hot mess of unplayableness for the entire Christmas break. And then they came back and they really fixed it they they made it really good and really playable and i was like oh why could it not have been this before they went on the break but like you know whatever so for my money if they were to go to three big updates a year and then a little one at christmas time anyways and the the christmas time one was like focused on tech stuff and stability and whatever, I would be super okay with that. I know other people would not, but like, whatever. It's, it's, I don't think it's a big deal. All right. So, uh, Black Maze, your thoughts? Well, first of all, I loved the letter. I thought it was awesome. For me, this is the first letter of the chairman that I was able to read live uh, since joining the verse. Uh, I thought it was awesome. But most importantly, what I thought was incredibly cool was uh, the pictures attached to the letter uh, that showed the plans for their offices. Because these were amazing. Uh, Specifically, the bar they're going to build. It's all for those that haven't seen the pictures, it's all like in lore. Uh, so their bar is going to look like a bar you'd find on Orison. They've got these these doors that look like doors you would find, you know, on the bulkhead of a ship or a station. Oh, my God. So cool. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Osashis, hop in here. Yeah, I looked at the, the letter really positively. I really 
I mean, just like since I've moved over this project, I really appreciated the transparency and like the willingness for them to address, you know, what was going to happen with 318. I really liked the throwing us a bone with giving some more content goodies and stuff with 317.2. I think that's that's really awesome. And and the big thing from this was like seeing more of the uh, like fleshed out plan on what's coming with towards with the plan towards server meshing, like hearing that they've successfully tested PES internally. It really feels like this stuff is st- finally starting to come to fruition, leading to server meshing, and that's like one of the most exciting things in this entire project, in my opinion. So, really, really positive. I'm I'm really happy with with the letter. Right on, Rain. You know what I'm gonna say as a dev, as somebody that's been in the industry, worked on several games. I think the thing that I wanted to focus on the most was Chris putting focus on this took. Three dozen people, 16 months of solid, dedicated work, and it is working. Mm -hmm. I have been there. It's the most amazing feeling in the world, and I just want people to, to focus on that. And I will say... I was there from the 2.6.3 to 3.0 content drought. It was eight months. Yeah, eight and a half. Eight yeah. months of eight, eight and a half. Eight yeah. months of no content. And then I got to set foot on Daymar for the first time. <clears throat> it will be just like that. I really believe that. It will be just like that. We are, I finally feel as a Kickstarter backer that's been here since the Kickstarter. It has been a grand adventure and a very long road, but we're here. I really, I get a little emotional about it Mm -hmm. because CIG's pushed the tech and they've done things no one else has done. And it's finally here, finally paying off. And a lot of people have said they felt like the game has been really good the last year. It's a game. It's playable. You can do stuff and loot and missions and things. It's going to be hard this year. I'm just letting everybody know. It's it's going to be hard. We've been here before with the jump to 3.0. It's going to be hard. You're it, it's going to be buggy. It's going to be a disaster, but it will pay off. So, stick with it. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, let's see. The one thing that I haven't heard anybody call out yet cuz I like I said I wanted to get a bunch of different voices thrown in stuff. I haven't heard anybody call out the fact that they're like, "Hey, look, no sitcom this year uh not not uh whatever irl a virtual sitcom this year uh and 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 no keynote i guess they're you know number one i i've seen a lot of people express their upset at this and i i get it i completely understand it i who doesn't want sitcom or or who doesn't want what, what, what do you meet space sitcom as opposed to just virtual sitcom? But like, honestly, I feel that the virtual sitcoms deliver a lot for people who aren't able to attend, um, you know, in, in meet space. And I, I think that there's two factors here that need to be looked at. The first is, they only have so much time to develop to things in the day. They're doing a lot of stuff with the game and actually working on the game. And they're doing a lot of stuff in IRL with opening up these two big offices in Germany and in Manchester, England, where they're, where, where they're doing, you know, lots of stuff. So I think that it's a situation of like, 
I get it from a standpoint of if you only have so many hours and you have to now choose between putting those hours into development or putting those hours into putting on a show, I'm at a place where I'm good with the development. In addition to that, another aspect that nobody sort of brought up, um, but it, it to me seems reasonable to consider is that And Eve just had their FanFest, and they had a massive fallout of basically everybody at FanFest got COVID. Like, people got it on the flights on the way there, and then as they had a week-long hangout session and bar crawling and whatever in Iceland, they passed it back and forth like like it was like Typhoid Mary. Just everybody got it. And they've had some very serious, you know negative effects to some people in their community as a result of this and i think that all things being equal maybe right now a bar citizen you know a type of thing where you get together with eight or nine people in a local area and nobody's catching flights or 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 even 15 20 people but like nobody's catching flights just maybe sad to say just seems a little more prudent and responsible at this exact moment than, you know, doing a, okay, we're going to have 30,000 people in a cramped convention area and just pass it everything back and forth. Uh, Black Mace. I thought it was awesome uh, reading Chris mention as well that while that they learned a lot from the whole working at home thing in mm-hmm. terms of work life balance. Right. And that they kind of want to reevaluate how they do things moving forward. I thought that was really awesome to read. For sure. Elix. Yeah. Um, I, I basically agree with you in that, like, it's, you know, it's better not to have a physical citizen con. And it's also better that they're not wasting a ton of time doing a custom keynote, dig like gameplay demo that isn't actually going to contribute to the final game. Um, this past year, they just had the, they just showed basically work in progress stuff instead of a custom demo. And I think that's probably the better plan now. Mm. Um, the one thing that they also mentioned in the letter that like, I didn't get to and no one's talked to is talked really much about is how one of the reasons for not doing citizen con is how they're moving into new buildings to expand for the future. Mm-hmm. So they've just took an over, they're taking over three floors in the Manchester goods yard and it's giving them 90,000 square feet of studio space. And just next door, basically right across, they have a 4,500 foot sound square square foot soundstage for motion capture along with changing rooms, green room, machine room, scanning room, and all, you know, all the stuff all for a production stuff. studio. Yep. Yeah. All good stuff. Absolutely. All right. Last call on the letter from the chairman normally we would just the, the whole show would be the letter from the chairman but we got a lot of other star citizen stuff right now so last call on letter from the chairman stuff anybody have anything you want to throw in before we move on to the other great stuff all right here we go let's get started with uh oh real quick before we start with that i want to say i'm posting a link right now in the live chat here you go salty mike did a video uh, that you need to go check out. Letter from the chairman. Everything is about to change. It's nine minutes long. Let me tell you something. And, and this is a strong 
thing that I credit with this this letter, and I also credit Mike uh, as a person. <clears throat> I, I think that his take on on this letter is very very fair. I think um, there's some people who would just be salty for the purpose of being salty. But I think this letter did a lot to earn respect from people in the community that are on the more critical side because of the way they openly and honestly talked about failures with iCash and gave this is what we're actually doing about it. Um, I can only hold this up as an example to some other development studios who might want to own their mistakes, get into detail in explaining why things didn't work, apologize for the issues, take hard steps to actually put, invest in making it right, and then tell your people in detail how you're making it right. All right, let's move on to Invictus shit. Here we go. Greatness begins as a mere spark. Forged in conflict. Shaped by unity. Driven by progress, it is strength, grit, triumph. That greatness is in all of us. Standing together. United in purpose. Hell yes. All right, I'm going to set this thing to play on a loop and turn the sound down. There we go. So this is just going to stay playing on a loop with the sound down so that we can uh, we can enjoy it and we can discuss it. So there's a couple of things here that I want to get to. Number one, as you see in front of you, I think a lot of people miss this because they just saw the video and saw it was great. I want to give a huge shout out to my man, Griff, Griffin Gaming RPG who pointed this out and i caught it but i didn't really it didn't resonate with me as much as it should and griff is well just way smarter than me and he put it so beautifully when he said i think a lot of people are going to see this and just look past it what they're looking at and they're seeing in front of them is like oh standard hype shit what they're not really seeing is that CIG just is putting on a master class in this commercial without even drawing attention to it. Oh, look at that Zeus. We're going to talk about that in a second. They're putting on a master class in the tech 
that they've been developing. You've seen in this commercial, without them really highlighting it or calling it out directly, that's amazing cloud tech right there. They had amazing water tech. They had amazing ice tech. They had amazing lava tech. They had different things with uh, the, um, what do you call it, uh, uh, like... The, the, the rocks and explosion and whatever right there look to the side on the left look at them space whales we're going to talk about it all right so yeah couple of things again the amazing tech that i think people are just sleeping on they're they're like oh look this is a neat video this is a whatever car commercial this is slick whatever no man they're showing you the tech that they developed in exquisitely beautiful detail they showed you the Zeus in that, right? That the the shot. So that's not it. That's like that's Vandal. That's whatever. But coming up in here. But look at how they did all that with ice tech. Look at how they're doing these lava rocks and these rocks like merging and exploding and whatever. This is fucking amazing. Coming up right here, you're gonna see in just a second. You're gonna see the Zeus. The Zeus is, for those of you who don't know the Star Citizen lore. Here it is. You're, there's the Zeus right in front of you. And it's from like ice tech turning into like water tech. It's some kind of weird whatever. And then coming out of the water and turning into cloud. That's a different ship. But the Zeus that they showed, it, it's basically a flattened version of like a, a like a flattened looking uh, um, space shuttle circa the 1980s uh, um, uh, NASA. But like it doesn't have a tail. It has instead the bended wings. In the lore, the Zeus was the first commercially available ship, the first mass-produced ship that had the quantum drive. It is absolutely amazing, and I definitely, definitely, definitely have to have one. It's just an amazing sort of throwback. It is all of the sexy. So... In addition, I'm going to show and I'm going to show a picture right here and then let everybody discuss this stuff, but I'm going to show real quick a picture. We're at asset 7, here's asset 8. Look there on the left side of this screen cuz it's easy to miss it if you're not paying absolute close attention when the video goes by. But there here is the left side of the screen for the last couple of seconds of the commercial where they put up that on the right side what I cut off to, to kind of highlight more what they're not you know what you don't see. On the right side is where it has the big Invictus sign and the fireworks are going off and you see the 999 squadron fly up over on the right hand side and do a little starburst up at the top, okay? But look at what you're seeing very closely there on the left. You're seeing three flying space whales. So, and, and at, now that I've called it out and you know exactly where to look sort of in the frame, I'm going to go back to the loop so you can see it. But you see there's the one on the far left, then a little below it, there's one. And then there's one that in this exact shot, you can't actually see well that it's just like a bit of a shadow smudge above the one to the right. But in the video, you've got four seconds of video in which you can see three space whales. This is not concept art. This is not, oh, somebody did a picture. This is in-engine rendered 
the fucking ships flying by and space whales flapping their goddamn flaps and fucking flying through the air. I am so motherfucking excited. Uh, let's see here. Let me just bring back the thing and we'll start with the group. Um, all right. The video is playing. Now people can look out for those space whales. But let's go around the group and just get everybody to hop in. Uh, Rain is saying she's got to step out uh, for the moment. She's uh, got some stuff she's got to do IRL. So everybody bond a, a, a bid. Bond. Bid a farewell to Rain for the night. We love you, Rain. We'll see you next week. Yep. See you, you all take next care. week. Thank you. Good night, everyone. Right on. So let's go around. Now we have less people in here. We only have left. Uh, we've had people fall out. We've got Black Maze. We've got Wolf. We've got Elix. We've got me. We've got Osasha. So we're going to ditch the, the dot system now and just go around the horn. How about we start with Elix? Your thoughts on all of this that I've talked about and anything that I missed with regard to the trailer. And then from there, Wolf and Osasha and Black Maze, go for it. So, I mean, you covered a lot of it. It's, you know, it's kind of hard to really to say anything about the trailer other than what's already been said. But what I love is that they're just showing off at this point. Like, the, it's subtle, but I'm confident that they're showing off the Mighty Bridge in this trailer. Like, all of the, the ice ships and the, the ships made of water and the ships made of cloud those are all things from like i mean the ice ships maybe not but like the cloud ships that's definitely involving houdini which is their their tool their their third-party tool that they use for all their clouds and stuff that's what made the clouds on on crusader they're just they're just showing off what they can do before those kind of things are ready to be really taken advantage of and full in the engine and i'm here for that Like, I, I can't wait to see what comes out of here. Anyway, anybody else? Before I played Star Citizen, I always thought their videos, like, you know, the promotional videos were a little much. But then now that I play Star Citizen and I see how these videos end up translating into the game quite realistically, I absolutely love them. So when I saw this as well, I it's it's so hypey. So it, it's incredibly cool to see. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, no, that's... If I'm seeing Kai, mute check. No, I, I said I had to... I literally said, go through in this order because I had to go grab a beer. Fuck, I'm trying to be stealth with this shit. <laughs> Wolf, you're next. I, I'm I'm seeing just... They're showing off what they can do in the, in the game. And hopefully hopefully we'll be able to actually experience things of that grandiose magnitude for ourselves. And that would be amaze balls. The other thing I'm seeing is, um, well, whenever they do decide to have the next in meat space meetup, uh, if they say they're going to have an ice sculpture of a ship, um, I want to go see the ice sculpture because man, do they look pretty in this shot. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, doing it with CAD 
whatever ray tracing, whatever the fuck tech they have is maybe a little different than with a hammer and a chisel. But yeah, that, that sounds cool. Uh, Osashis, what you got? Yeah, just uh, very cool. I'm kind of an artsy fartsy type, so I really like. I felt a lot of inspiration. They did this kind of fire and ice kind of thing, man. It was just, it was really cool. It was actually funny because uh, we were going to go check out Invictus earlier today, right? And my brother actually saw this and he's like, is there going to be all like these people there? And I told him, eh, probably not because they're not there yet, right? But I can't wait till we get to a point where we show up at an Invictus, right? And you literally have these crowds and crowds of NPCs and stuff just really filling up the space. Mm-hmm. But even as is, it's, it's uh, it's really awesome. I actually didn't notice the the space well thing too till it was pointed. You pointed out in your Discord earlier, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, <laughs> freaking yeah. lost it a little bit." So absolutely <laughs> hype. Hell yeah, hell yeah. When hold that thought because we're gonna get on to a little tangent with space whales here in a second. But first, I just want to say for those who maybe don't know the sort of lore story background of Invictus, the story was this: <clears throat> it was during the Tavaran War. There was, I think it was an Idris called the Invictus. It was a special ship that they were literally like looking for conscripts. They were like, oh shit, we need all the bodies we can get. All of the other, you know, like most of like, it, it, like a lot of the commercial shipping, a lot of ships in general have, have been sort of uh, already tasked. They've already been pulled off of their reg- regular whatever. So we need a way to go around and get a bunch of conscripts from various systems <clears throat> and bring them all to training and get them into the front. So the Invictus, this Idris ship, this big ship, went around to the different pockets of humanity and they did big like rallies of like, Join the troops. Come and do your duty. Patriotism. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm doing my part. It was a big thing like that. <clears throat> and they just flooded that ship with, like, overwhelming number of, of recruits. And then those recruits came to the front and, and you know, got trained up and, and, and turned the tide and we won and rah, rah, rah. Then, <clears throat> during the Mesher regime of this sort of tyrannical dictatorship, it was used in a way that was very sort of dark and dirty and like jingoistic, nationalistic. Let's ramp up all of the racist against every other life form out there. You know, the against the Xi'an, against the Vandul, against the the even the Krathak, who we have no real like access to they're on the other side of Xi'an space and we don't interact with them against Tavarans against you know all just just appealing to the worst of humanity and and had a very dark jingoistic whatever and now post uh Mesher regime it's in a different in a very different place so that is the lore sort of story behind what <clears throat> Invictus week is the and as it plays out now in a post-Mesher regime, it's turned into a big sort of arms expo, a big, a big, a big sort of hey, uh, everybody's showing off their stuff, and it's all military kind of <clears throat> uh, uh, focused. Um, on the non-lore side, what it is for CIG, what it is for us humans who have paid money to play a video game. It's meant to do two things. Number one, it's meant to be a massive stress test. They have two big, huge, super stress tests during the year. Invictus in the in the spring 
and IAE in the in the fall. And it's meant to run the servers absolutely till they set get on fire. So they 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 purposely set up a big event where everybody's going to one place, give you access to ships for free, make it free fly so that other random people who haven't even paid money can come in and set up a big sort of event, in this case the nine tails, whatever, that's gonna sort of overlap with the end of uh and side note on that, we're gonna discuss that in a minute. The end of <clears throat> Invictus. Um so it's meant literally to break the game because that gives them lots of useful data to say like, okay, here's where we can shore things up. It's just the same way as bench pressing to your fail weight. You literally are pushing yourself to the point of failure so that you can measure where you fail, how you fail, and then maybe try to fix some shit so that next year, you know, you fail better. You're still going to fail but you're going to get more pounds up before you fail. And they're trying to see where the cracks in the system lie when you get to the fail point. So, for example, Invictus, <clears throat> a couple years back, they would bring out the Idris and it would immediately fucking crash the server. Now, and, and they didn't even have hammerheads out. And like there was all kinds of whatever. Now you can have the Idris and a Bangle and hammerheads and all kinds of other shit going before you get to that point of failure. So it's literally, you know, try, test, fail, study that failure, build a better box, test, fail, study that failure, build a box, rinse and repeat ad infinitum. So that's the lore side of what Invictus is. And that's the real side of what Invictus is. Now, side note that I, that I told you I would come back to is uh, <clears throat> there was a bit of a screw-up with this one particular Invictus. When they launched it, literally earlier today, right off the bat, the Ninetales event was spawning. It was not meant to... It was not only, it's only supposed to spawn towards the end and, and, and whatever. So they weren't quite ready for it yet, and it was causing servers to crash. Xylo put out a thing, and basically what they did was they came up with a hot fix solution, and <clears throat> they didn't take the servers down to implement it. They left the servers up, but it auto-installed every time a server crashed. So when people were going through and having the event start up and it crashing and kicking them out, then they were brought back to a server theoretically unless they happen to get another one that hadn't failed yet but that server that they were on would restart with the fixed tech on it so so that's that does anybody because I, I got one more thing with regard to space whales but i want to throw it back around the horn if anybody has anything they want to add in with regard to invictus uh, yeah, I've got the schedule here. I'm not going to read off the list because it's just a data dump, but I've put the link in. It is on the the front page. And uh, I've got one other thing. It's the new player guide, but are we going to talk about the free fly separate from this or? Yeah, we're going to we're going to hit that. We're going to hit All that right. in a second. All right, we'll hit that later. Go ahead. All right. Does anybody have anything else before I move on? All right. So I, I talked to you about space whales, and, and again, we showed off right there in this trailer 
where you're going to see it. Here it is at the end. I want it, I want people to see it one, one last time before I hit this. As the big ships come in, amaze balls off to the left. You're going to see you're going to see the sign in the middle, the 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 the, the squadron up over the top, and off to the left, you're going to see those right there. You see those space whales. One, two, three. You have to it's you have to freeze frame it and go slow to to catch it all. But here's how my mind works. I saw those space whales, and it, it jogs a memory to, to me. Uh, there was a teaser trailer for a movie that never got made that had these big space whale-ish monster things. Um, I'm going to play this, this trailer. It's three minutes long. This is, this is where I want to go. This is what I want to experience. And I want... Now, I, I, I'm going to preface this by saying... There's part of the premise of this story, this little teaser, sci-fi, mini, short film, whatever, trailer, teaser thing that I thought was dumb. Basically, it's like Fern Gully in space. It's like Avatar. And it's like, you know, humans, bad. We go to place. We steal eggs of space whales somehow because profit? Question mark? It makes fucking space, interstellar space goo fuel. Like, all right, fuck off, whatever. Ignore that bit. All right? Just... Look at what they actually render on the screen for you to see. And imagine you're flying in Orison. You come through the clouds. And one of two things. Either you come across a space whale that doesn't care at all about you, is not trying to kill you, but is just a navigational hazard because you come through the clouds and all of a sudden you're about to hit something five times the size of your ship that is just fucking living its best life and doesn't even know you exist. Or... Imagine you stray a little too close to a mama space whale's space baby, and all of a sudden mama's pissed, and now she's coming at you. Yeah, she's not a carnivore, but she'll make an exception for your ass. Check this shit out.
God damn. See, I see flying space whales, and that's where my mind goes, to a thing that I, a clip of a thing that I saw years ago for a movie that they never made, and I was bummed because I want to go to there. I want to fly there. Imagine just, again, let's say it completely ignores us. It's eating space amoeba or whatever that float in the clouds. It has no interest at all in us. Uh, just the idea of, you're flying along, come through some choppy clouds or whatever, and you got to break hard right to avoid that fucking thing. Holy shit. Guys, uh, hop in on this. What do you guys think of this? You, you know what, Kai? First of all, thank you so much for reminding me of that video because I, I remember seeing it all that time ago. At, at the time, I thought it was just supposed to be a short film. Like, that was it. Um but anyway, it you know what? This video reminds me of what Star Citizen does for me because it's videos like that or Final Fantasy where, you know, you've got Dr. Aki Ross uh, in that CGI film, you know, uh, starting in space in her ship mm -hmm, and, and mm -hmm. flying down to the planet. And all of these things, what they have in common is that I imagine they were things I would never be able to do in video games because no way are we going to get that. And they're a star citizen and we're going to be able to do these things in game. It's ridiculous. And you're right. That looked like a crusader. Mm. Yeah. I, uh, whoo. Yeah. Hell I said yeah. it in the chat, but I feel like that's if crusader had been bought by Hurston dynamics instead. Yeah. I could see that. <laughs> yeah, I could see yeah, that. Yeah. Wolf, what do you think? I I was just watching that with just, my eyes were wide open. It's like that is so cool. It's like where did it go? Where did it go? And my immediate thought was, "Hey, fucker, you should probably not drive into in a straight line." And then you just hear it come up from beneath. It's like, "Yep, yep, I knew where that was going." Bye, fuckers. But like, holy shit! Like I, I was invested in that just in that sh that short mm -hmm. clip it's so good it drew you in it's like what's going on this is interesting and it's like what what are they harvesting the whale for it's like i want to know more yeah what and the thing is is what other game out there gives you the thought that there would be the possibility of flying your spaceship among the huge space whales star citizen is doing it it's not there yet but they showed it in the trailer in engine. Not this is not fucking general artwork anymore. This is real actual shit that is coming on the not too distant horizon. Uh Osashis, what do you think, man? Yeah, I actually had never seen that before, so thanks for showing that. I don't know how I missed it. I thought the thing that caught me really there was like some of the skimmer designs and stuff like that, especially how they did the belly dump of the big skimmer. I thought that was a really cool idea. The only thing I wasn't a big fan was like the face of the, the that space whale. It looked kind of like you took a Star Wars Rancor and just slapped it on a different body. <laughs> but it was it was very cool though, and I like that. Uh, like Wolf said, I was actually really invested in that, seeing that for the first time. So, oh yeah, really really cool. I wouldn't mind some more of those smaller craft in Star Citizen. You know, little one person flyable ships. Mm. That's one of the things that I I, I know there's a, a whole bunch of people currently not very happy with where where gravlev is sitting and take the nox for example like the way they're they were flying that yellow little thing that's what the nox should be like in my opinion that thing needs to be able to fly mm, hell yeah hell yeah for reals
All right. Speaking of reminding me of of Star Wars, and I want to make sure that I say that this is similar, but legally distinct for the House of Mouse, <laughs> so they can fuck right off. Take a look at side by side shots: Scorpius flying into Orison, X Wing fly it into Vespin City. Anybody catching the vibes of like same same, but different, but same same. So they better give us a flight configuration for the Scorpius where the wings can be folded in that position. Oh, I think uh, I think that might be antagonizing the lawyers from the House of Mouse, but okay, okay, <laughs> I'd be down for it. I'd be down for it. I just wanted to share with this with you. It was a nice little shot. Just wanted to hit it real quick. Anybody got anything else on uh, on this before I let me uh, let's call it? How about we call it Orispin? Orison and Vespin put together. Orison. There's a link in the show notes uh, in the live chat. So if you want to check it out, you can check it out. All right. Next up, I want to share a link with you guys. This is to what I have found and I think is the best single comprehensive guide to all of your Invictus shit. This is a guy named Carl Linger. He does guides in English and in German. He did Star Citizen Guide 3.17.1 4K Invictus Launch Week and Free Fly Event Guide. This guy does a video where he breaks down each and every aspect of the Invictus and how that works and, and how to get your ships and you know whatever and the, the, the schedule and the different days and see the stuff at the different time. And here's where you go for the show floor and here's how you spawn in and here's how you whatever. In addition to that, here is how you can access the area for the Nine Tails event, and here's what you're going to do, and yada, yada, yada. In addition to that, here is how the free fly works and your times that are available. In addition to that, here is the settings you want to go through and change, and here's how you want to set this up and that up, and how you want to spawn if you're a first-time player, and yada, yada. All of the things. And like, hey, if you're a first-time player here for the free fly... This is where you go, and here are the loaner ships you can get, and the different time frames, and here's how you get your ship, and here's how you get to the hangar, and here's, you know, like, it is a fucking phenomenal guide. I've seen a lot of people do a lot of guides. I'm telling you, click this link, go check this guy's guide out, make sure you don't miss a single thing for the event, and give him a follow, give him a like, give him a buy his merch, whatever the fuck, you know, do all of those things. Um... I'm also going to post right now a link in the chat for the Star Citizen Loner Ship Matrix Explained. This is from CIG. They explain the the Loner Ship Matrix, how it all works. Uh, it's a it's a good thing. You should you should look at it. And sometimes, if you're looking to purchase, especially if you're looking to purchase something that's in concept, you should sort of have an idea of how that works and what you get instead while it's in concept. Adding to that, I'm posting a link in the file. This is the link section, so just ride with it. There's the Legionnaire ship announcement from May 18th. Good stuff. I think I was surprised by a lot at how cheap the Legionnaire is. I mean, this is a ship whose purpose is, you know, uh, uh, boarding and hostile takeovers. So it's a drop ship slash you know, ship-to-ship uh, -ship assault ship or station assault ship or whatever. So it's basically its job is anything involving 
getting troops <clears throat> onto a location to take it, whether that ship, whether that be another ship, or whether that be a station, or whether that be a ground emplacement. It's got heavy armor. It's got eight drop seats in the back. It's got a two crew. It's got spaces for extra weapons and medical stuff, so you can have one of your guy of the two crew be the pilot, and the other guy be a medical officer who's ready to... He's the jump master for the deployment section, and he's <clears throat> the corpsman for afterwards, anybody that's brought back to the ship that needs any kind of a immediate medical attention and whatnot. Um, it has a, sort of a universal docking uh, thing in the front, which we're going to show you here in a minute, so, you, so it, it works with absolutely everything. Um, I was... Very surprised after the Cuddy Steel for 250 some odd bucks. I was very, very surprised when this came out at Warbond for a hundred bucks. It is a very cool little ship. It has built-in game loop to it of uh of you know, like uh uh achieving victory over the automated defenses or whatever of the ship, basically breaking the lock. To get inside of ships, so <clears throat> uh, and 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 obviously, I would assume that it's going to work similarly with space stations for space station assaults. I would think for for land assaults, not so much the docking, just more dropping, hot dropping uh, uh, players to go and assault a, a location. But you know, it says that it has good stealth tech. It says that it has really good defenses. Um, $100, and that $100 gets you both the ship and the special paint job for it. Uh, I think it's generally going to be 120 bucks later, but you can get it $100 right now. Obviously, LTI token for 100 bucks. I think there's a better LTI token this, this go-round, obviously, with the mule, but we'll, <clears throat> we'll see. But L L LTI token for 100 bucks, even in amongst itself, would not be bad cool little ship it very much reminds me of the chieftain uh challenger crusader line of ships from elite dangerous it also reminds me uh which i mean th let's be honest they didn't invent that type of ship that type of ship was basically taken a lot from the um the the drop ship from aliens where the space marines go and take out the alien and, and aliens or alien two depending you know whatever uh <clears throat> yeah great looking ship really fucking crazy good price adds an interesting bit to the game um so yeah yeah good stuff let me check to see who's got something on this uh all right wolf on the legionnaire go for it so i was out working today and my phone dinged and it was from tweaked and he said hey man you gotta watch this video this is right up your alley and if you remember from uh, last week when I was talking about the galaxy in Planetside, <clears throat> the Legionnaire mm -hmm. is the galaxy. I am going to have so much fun hot-dropping troops into combat on the ground and flying up to a ship and dropping them off and then running the fuck away. It's going to be an excellent time. Very cool. Osashis. So I love that profile. I uh, I have actually already moved some of my Star Citizen funny money around to pledge the uh, my Alliance Chieftain in Star Citizen. Mm -hmm. So it looks like honestly, it looks like a Chieftain that didn't skip Chest Day. Like it's just 
big buff. I love how freaking thin the the rear of it and how high up those rear nacelles are. It's just a really, really cool take on that style. I don't even know if I'm going to use it for the intended purpose or if I'm going to keep it. I kind of use my Star Citizen pledges. I melt them down and buy stuff all the time, like whatever. But uh, well, she- it's uh, just a really cool design on the outside. He didn't skip chest day but he sure as fuck skipped leg day it's like, oh yes yeah, <laughs> priorities oh yeah. oh yeah oh yeah all right but he showed up for tongue day there you go Alex. go for it yeah so um i'm not gonna get one myself at least maybe not until like it's in the verse and like orgs are a thing and all that but what i found interesting is that first i looked at it and it was like you know reading the description and everything and it was like oh it's a drop ship like all the other dropships we have. Great, it's another dropship. And then I f- continue reading it, I was like, oh wait, this is a dropship specifically meant for space. It's not really meant for ground operations, which makes it different from essentially everything else because it's actually a space dropship. It's meant for z- like zero gravity and station operations only. Mm. Well, I so mean, I wouldn't it say is actually only, new. but... But I wouldn't say only, well, but definitely it, it for it specifically. Towards. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. Uh, next up, I've got a link to share with you guys. Um, one of my favorite content creators in the verse is Space Tomato. And Space Tomato put out a really good guide. So there's a lot of players that are going to be new to uh, Star Citizen trying it out during the free fly week. Space Tomato put out the Star Citizen New Player Guide 2022 full basic gameplay tutorial. Uh, It's not that old. It's a couple months old, but it gives you a good idea of, you know, with 3.17, what you're dealing with. Now, there's going to be some fine points with 3.17.1, but for most new players coming in, I think this is a excellent guide. The only thing I would tell you not to follow this guide on, the one one caveat is this guide wasn't made specifically for Invictus. So he's going to tell you to spawn on Microtech or Area, yeah, area 18, I think, on Microtech. Um, don't don't go to uh, spawn on Orison because that's where the actual show is and that'll just make you able to get right to all the stuff and see the stuffs. In general... You know, Hurston, 18, you know, you could do Lorville, you could do 18, you could do, you know, you go to New Babbitt, you could go wherever you want. But for specifically for new players that are coming in for this event, go to Orison. It'll just make your life easier. It's where the event is. It'll put you right there without having to <clears throat> hassle around and, and whatever. Um, also, uh, we've got here... This nope doesn't work for assets that high. We're gonna pull up asset there. Do 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 do. Here we go. Um, just for this event, they're testing their servers and they're trying to push it to fail point. So servers are gonna be a little buggy and whatever. Um, I strongly suggest, and the link is in the show notes here. Uh, to whoops, that's the wrong link. Let me put the right link in here. There was a tweet from Galactica, uh, which, you know, the link is there for you to see, uh, <clears throat> who says, hey, uh, go and turn off the volumetric clouds right now, just for if you want to have a better spe- experience during the event. 
and, and your, your computer's chugging along a little. Help it out. Turn off the volumetric clouds just for a couple of days while they're getting slammed. And that way you can have a uh, better experience. Black Maze, hop in on this. I, I just wanted to say I, I don't I don't agree with you about starting on Orison. I would recommend anybody that starts to to do start on Arcorp because you'll have all your stuff in the center of the galaxy. And because you get that free Pisces, you get a little taste first of traveling. You know, it, it is just as incredible approaching Orison and flying down to it uh, as it is uh, already being there. So I, I would recommend people start on Arcorp, get your first little bit of space legs in and then go see Orison. Fair enough. It's horses for courses. There's definitely, if you wanted to have the quicker, I want to spawn where the showroom is so I can just see it immediately right away, then there. Uh, but Black Maze brings up a very good point of, you know, spawning elsewhere, getting your feet under you, and then coming in and whatever. Uh, Elix. Yeah, I would echo Black Maze. If you, if you know how to fly between planets you are better off starting at Microtech or Lorville or somewhere and flying over to Orison. But I agree with Kai that if you're completely new and you just want to get into the Invictus stuff, go ahead and start in Orison. Worst case scenario, you do a character reset later. I just quickly wanted to drop in, since we talked about Space Tomatoes new player guide, SIG have actually published an official new player guide updated for Invictus. And I've just dropped the link in the chat there. And I'm just going to put it here so Kai can include it in the show notes. And it's basically an updated version of what they published with after 3.17.0 dropped. And I talked about it on the show, I think, a couple weeks ago. Um, basically, hey, here's how to get to your ship. Here's how to take off. Here's how to do missions and stuff. Here's the guide system. And then, you know, what what features are new? What is it that you can do? And then they point that Invictus in general. Very cool. So, you know, for, for anybody who needs a primer of just what's going on now, there you go. Very cool. But anyway. All right. Uh, one other thing that I want to get to with regard to Invictus, they added two areas to Orison. The first area is the, the whole showroom, floor space, whatever. And the second area is the, we'll, we'll just call it the Ninetales uh, location. We'll just leave it at that. But I, w I do want to call out, after, especially after seeing something in the in the, the live stream chat, the size of the addition to this, especially for the Lorville. For the Lorville, the quote-unquote platform, they call it, okay, we've added a new platform. It, it's not like one little platform. It's, it's multiple platforms. It's one designated sort of location. But honestly... The fucking size of that addition for this event is it, it it is massive. There are shooter games that come out with like two or three playable maps, and this is easily as big, if not bigger, than one of those playable maps. This is a mahusive addition to the playable land area of uh of of Orison and is I think something that should not be overlooked. It is like Star Citizen regularly just drop shit that other people would just be like touting and and showing off and whatever. And they're just they just kind of effortlessly just drop it. Like yeah, 
here you go. Here's the thing. Enjoy. Like, no big fanfare. Um, whereas other people uh, want a cookie when they add a thing that lets you talk to a barman while sitting down <laughs> and not be able to buy a beer. Um, of course, yep, that's right. I'm calling out uh, Hello Kitty Island Adventure. All right. <clears throat> so that takes us to uh, the next thing, which starts us down the line of racing stuff. Let me bring up this little thing to show you, the Dunlow Derby. God damn, they put those shock absorbers to use on that landing. They came in hot. All right. Uh, I, I kind of screwed up there and took things out of order. So, But let's go around still and get specifically, I want to start with my racers. Let's get your thoughts with regard to this. Then we have to jump back to, because I skipped the ISC. We're going to cover the ISC. And then we're going to jump back to specifically the uh, um Star Citizen River Racing and and stuff with the uh, the the Stanton Cup and and the racers that are in. But let's start with Black Maze. What do you what do you think about that Dunlow Derby? It seems like Star Citizen might be uh, reaching out to the race community and saying like, yeah, yeah, let's grow this shit. Dun Daymar is awesome, but there's more than just one event in the air, you know. Dude, you, you yeah, you hit the nail on the head. It it's exactly right. As soon as I saw that video, I was like, oh my god we know that cig is looking at what we're doing because they are so engaging with us on discord and they're giving us prizes to give away and they're listening to us when we have feedback on ship performance and stuff like that but then for them to kind of do this and in collaboration with the racing community uh, it's just ridiculously cool I, I i went on board as well straight away and i said to the xgr community uh the fastest racer that will uh the fastest xgr racer I'll, I'll give them a Scorpius as a, as a little warward. I'd, I'd like XGR to go on there and represent uh, Hell yeah. the Star Citizen racing community, but it, absolutely amazing. And Orison, Orison is an amazing place to race. So I'm, I'm thrilled that they're, uh, they're doing this. 
Hell yeah, hell yeah. And uh, make sure that you tell them that they cannot claim the prize unless they also finish by exiting their ship and doing the funky chicken dance. Osages. You know what, though? Oh, you ahead. know what, they ki- about that, right? You were talking about the shock absorbers. Did you notice the ship bobbing up and down while he was dancing on top of it? That's yeah. Star Citizen. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Physics. It's a thing. Look into it. Osages. Yeah, so any, anybody that doesn't know, this is kind of a partnered event with uh, SCR.GG. They're one of our really close partners, uh, Diplomat. He's kind of the the programmer genius and head over there that's uh, like for all the time travel submissions. So big, big site in the racing scene. And uh, yeah, just just echo what you guys already pointed out. We've, uh, as, as racers, we've gotten just a ton of support from CIG. They've shown a commitment to supporting the racing scene. And it's super exciting to have the devs like in your face, engage with you, actually take your feedback uh, and do cool events like this and literally show like, not just say that you're uh, interested in promoting uh, this side of the game, but actually showing it by actions. That's so, so cool. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Uh, I am going to, we're going to real quick. This is actually, I think this is good. This worked out well. We're going to now hop back to ISC. We're going to play the ISC. It's like eight minutes long. And then we're going to talk about the ISC stuff, which covers a lot of what we talked about tonight. And then we're going to close it out by focusing full on on the XGR community. We're going to have links for you. We're going to have details on the Stanton Cup and all the stuff. And we're going to have an amazing uh, video to show you with the river racing shit that is fucking legit. And I know we're also going to make sure, don't let me not forget, we got to hit on one of the very cool things in the fixed bug list, uh, uh, Black Maze and Osashis, that uh, that they got rid of the stealth tech trees. So, yeah, racing is going to be a lot better. Okay, let's get to ISC and then come back to the racers. Hold on one second. something that we've not done in Stasism before, you're going to be forcibly boarding another ship. You know, with the ships, it's always an advancement, right? So, the Anvil Legionnaire is our new ship. It's a uh, it's a boarding ship. It's for a two-man crew, and then eight people in the back, and basically it's essentially for a hostile takeover. I think this is a very sort of iconic-looking ship. We did some really cool stuff in like the experimental phase. You know, we you know we had like sort of crazy crazy arms and things that we could basically sort of latch onto ships. But I mean, ultimately, because you've got to take into account uh, all the other ships that are in the universe that can be boarded, you kind of have to come up with a really sort of simple universal system, which is kind of why on this Legionnaire is such such a simple um, uh, mechanic essentially. The Legionnaire fills a, a gap in our lineup for both more lawful and less lawful careers where you need to take charge of another person's ship. 
traditional flow for ship to ship docking is the the person who wants to dock to the other ship requests it from the parent ship and it's on the parent ship's uh pilot to accept or deny that whereas the legionnaire has on board uh hacking abilities in the hacking mini game to perhaps forcibly override that uh acceptance and allowing it uh to happen instead for players that are on the the, the lawful side um its prime use is bounty hunting for those perhaps with more more military focus it is like anvil's dedicated military boarding ship uh, and for those on the other side of the spectrum it piracy is its main main role so you are there able to uh, attach and board other ships and take their crew goods or ship itself that's that's the anvil legionnaire uh looking forward to this one because it's a, a ship that appeals to to both sides of the law uh, it brings with it uh, a new sides to an existing gameplay loop or existing gameplay loops it expands upon them and it's something that i know a lot of players have been waiting for a long time is that the ability to board other ships uh forcibly because it's sort of it takes away that safety a lot of players have at the moment where well, I'm, I'm safe on my ship no one's coming on here without uh, without destroying me uh so people are really gonna have to start thinking twice when these things hit the persistent universe Invictus Launch Week is back, starting tomorrow as we welcome the UEE Naval Fleet to the Planet Crusader for this year's event. Now, throughout the festivities, you can test fly military vehicles for free, experience new releases like the Anvil Legionnaire, rediscover old favorites, and tour an in-service Javelin Destroyer. But how did it come to be in the fiction of our persistent universe? Let's go now to members of the narrative team to learn more. I think a lot of people still find Invictus inspiring and I think people need to know that the Navy's there protecting them and I think getting to go to these events, getting to tour these large ships and seeing how strong the UE is, is very reassuring to a lot of the citizens and civilians in the UE. When Invictus originated, it was way back in 2542, and this was about a year into the first Tavaran War. Tavaran War was the first time that they, the humans actually needed to organize a, a straight-up military. So you imagine then you have this war kicking off, they need to recruit a bunch of starmen, you have these, you know, farmers, these people from the city who need to get to boot camp and had no way of getting there because ships weren't as widespread or as common among the public at, the, at that time. The ship named the Invictus was tasked with going around to all the systems and gathering up the recruits. As a way to not only kind of like drum up some support for the war effort, but to also bring them into a basic training. And that's kind of how this event started. It would be this kind of big week of all the families saying goodbye to the young recruits reporting to war and it kind of evolved from there. So over the years under the Mesa regime, uh, some criticized their Invictus events as being a little too political, a little bit too focused on the propaganda. But once the Mesa regime fell in 2792, the event returned back to its roots about focusing on the Navy and the support and, and the really cool ships and equipment that they use in the defense of the empire. Invictus in the, in the toy era started to be reshaped into the Invictus we know today where there was a push to remake the Navy, to make it a noble institution once again. And so I think this more kind of celebratory aspect 
of recruitment and showing people what the Navy was all about, putting these ships on display, showing that we are united in purpose, as my hat says. Now, there still are detractors to Invictus. There was a great showdown post that we had that showed like people think spending too much of the public's money, that it's really just free advertising for the ship manufacturers, putting forth kind of a, a false front rather than showing the Navy how it really is. The modern view of Invictus, I think it's still that sort of aspirational. It's meant to be that sort of thing of it's a celebration of duty in a, in a way. It has a lot of kind of really fun family friendly elements to it, including very cool like stunt flying done by the 999 famous uh, Reckless Squadron. <laughs> I, I mean, it's always cool to see gigantic, powerful military ships up close and in person. I think the way that, that the UEE is, is approaching it as this is, again, a way for people to come together to celebrate those who are putting something on the line. So in general, it's uh, kind of a staple event of the UEE every year and something that a lot of uh, people around the Empire look forward to. So what do we learn about this week? Well, we learned that the Anvil Legionnaire is the first ship dedicated to breaching and boarding other ships, which isn't always the nice thing to do, but sometimes necessary. And that Invictus Launch Week has become a mainstay of the Persistent Universe over the years, as well as your chance to tour the interior of a Javelin Destroyer, if you're into that sort of thing. For Inside Star Citizen, I'm Jared Huckabee. That's the new Manchester office. Maybe we'll go inside next week. We will. See you then. So what did we learn this week? That there's a lot of British people that think that Jared is just a weirdo who's always out there. Oops, there's more. Pico, no! I, I can't believe that I forgot that there was a uh, a, a Marvel post-credit scene to it. Like I've I've literally been telling everybody about it all week, and and then I literally just went over through the thing. Yeah, what did we learn this week? That there's a lot of weird British people walking down the street that think Jared's just a weirdo who's just 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 talking to himself in front of a building. Um, super super exciting stuff yes fuck pico no pico yes pico powerful pico big and strong uh all right let's go around the horn and think see what everybody thinks about this uh update uh black maze what'd you think about this uh, isc this week good shit huh it's incredible i get more and more excited uh every isc that is released and uh I'm a big fan of Jared. I think that dude's awesome. Oh, hell yeah. Big, big, big teddy bear. He's the, he's the, the kind of dude that if I ever spoke to him, I wouldn't know what to say. I don't know why. I'm not usually like that, but he's he's such a cool guy. For I think for many people, including myself, he's like the face of Star Citizen oh, or yeah. CIG in a way. I love that. Hell yeah. I saw a picture of him recently um, in last week's Soul Citizens uh, on Thursday. They have a picture of him. I shit you not. He looks like James Bond. He's wearing a tuxedo and he's like in his 20s and he's very, very svelte and good looking kid. Uh, like literally, he looks like he could be cast for a James Bond type movie or whatever. And that was when he had the job. He was the head of like 
trash pickup or something like a crew or whatever for like a big ballpark or something like a big like a in the u.s i think in like in the san francisco area like it's one of those jobs where it's not like you're a trash guy it's like you're the head of a crew of 30 or 40 people that handle whatever but uh i was like wow that's cool that's 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 neat um wolf what what do you what did you think of uh of the this week's isc There's so much in it, and I, I'll admit the the last part of it caught me off guard, and that was just fucking hilarious. But like the amount of information that they'll just Every put week. out there to not just build hype, but to inform mm-hmm. and and whatnot. It's it's. Just fantastic. I, I love watching every single one of these. I've actually watched this one three or four times now just to try and catch all the little bits and pieces out of it that I could and still end up missing a lot of things. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Osashis, what'd you think? Ah, I thought it was awesome, just like these always are. It was really cool to see more about how the uh, the Anvil Chieftain is going to... Or the Anvil Chieftain. <laughs> 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 Alliance you Chieftain. You didn't. <laughs> oh, man. One foot in each galaxy. Mm-hmm. Like one foot probably wrong in each galaxy. Oh my gosh. Yeah, just like that's, the that's gonna be. just like the Asp Nomad, for sure. For <laughs> sure. You've got one foot in each galaxy. Unfortunately, you're facing the wrong way, so your ass is out. There you go. Oh rip. All right. I, and I'll be honest, I didn't know jack shit about Invictus before this. So that was like my my first primer, so call me like newbie. So that was actually awesome to to learn a little bit about the history of Invictus. Nice. And then Seeing the just a little explanation of a reckless squadron, like, dude, those guys are my spirit animal. Like, where do I try out for that? Hell yeah. Sign so, me up. And to be clear, because some people get it wrong, they're reckless, like W R E. They have no they're saying like we don't crash. That's it's nah, it's, I'm it's out. Uh, uh, <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. Then we, we lost Osashi. He's, <laughs> he's like, I rescind my application, sir. I mean uh, I mean I would love to be that way, but I don't qualify anymore, so I'm out. I'm out. I got you. I got you. Elix. Yeah, so um for me, I mean like I, it, it's weird because me being, you know, a fairly long time backer, a lot like the the uh, concept art stuff, you know, the concept reveal info was good. Um, told me about the ship that I already did, decided I wasn't interested in because I didn't need it. But it was cool seeing that it was actually a space drop ship and all that business. But like the 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 whole stuff with Invictus, I think that was really great because it's giving people context and a lore framing for what they're going to experience in-game. And also, spoiler alert, it also would have more impact when the Ninetales event kicks off whenever that goes off, but things have kind of unfortunately slipped on the PTU and started activating on the live. But anyway, um, I would, but I, I was just saying, like, you know, as a long-term backer, it seemed like a bit info light, but I have to remember that... You know, I'm kind of coming at it from, you know, sort of a a privileged point of view where I'm like, yeah, I already know all this, you know, where I can say like, yeah, it's not informative. It doesn't have much because I'm familiar with everything. But for people that don't know what Invictus is, this is gold. This is fantastic. And, you know, this is what I'm used to, but I can definitely see that people coming from some other games, I'm not calling anything out. You know, this is surprising amounts, and they're not used to just getting 
a lore dump for an in-game event on the info show. Right on. Um, it's not the only one, but yep. it's pretty cool. But anyway, so I thought it was pretty great, all in all. Good you deal. Know, it, was, it was perfect for what it is. Good Go deal. Ahead. All right, so let's get to the last thing that we haven't touched about before we get it, close it out with the racers. The, the last thing of this week's news that we didn't touch on was the Drake Mule. The Mule. It's Yippee. a it's a neat little fucking scooter. It's a it's a little like a it's like the rock, but instead of mining, it is a uh, uh, a little forklift. It's got room for an SCU of uh, 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 that it can pick up and hold in the back in the underside of the sort of hollow bit. There's a back where you, I guess you got to beep, 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 back up into it and pick it up. It has another SCU that the little forklift arms on the front can hold. And it has, <clears throat> uh, I think, eight little boxes that of a one-eighth eight uh, 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 SCU each. So that basically, fully loaded, you could hold three SCU. One in the front on the arms, one in the back, and one that is divided into bits along the two rows on the side. But in, in reality, you're you're not going to get out and move shit around by hand like that. That defeats the purpose of it. The reality is you have three in an important whatever situation where you needed to max carry, but the reality is you're just going to pick up the two in the front and the back real quick, unload them, then front and back real quick, unload them, et cetera, et cetera. The SCUs on the side will be more like <clears throat> stuff that you're actually using as your tools or your whatever. Um, I'm picturing this being something like a $30 thing, 35 whatever, cheap. I'm thinking this is going to be the main LTI token of this event. Obviously, it's going to be the cheapest thing that drops, and it's going to be um, the the big the the you know obviously it's going to have a token, so people are going to use it. But I think more so than just a token, people are going to want multiples of these. They're going to want you know I am buying five, four of them for the token, and one of them because I want to have one forever to use for in three point one eight. When it comes around, physicalized cargo loading and unloading. I, I I think this is going to be a token that isn't just the token. It's gonna it has value in and of itself intrinsically. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm excited for the mule. Also, it's it's just a neat little fucking it's a neat little fucking buggy, man. I, I want to get five or six people together with like like ten man team like uh, two man teams. Five teams, so ten people all together, and it's literally just one guy driving the buggy and another guy with with guns and stuff, and do a demolition derby of these little mule buggies of just crashing into each other and and fucking just going at it hardcore. Uh, I will point out one last thing with regard to these: it's the first of these little vehicles that came stock at the beginning with a refueling port. So <clears throat> they're looking at this; it's going to be in the future. I guarantee you, the Rock, the 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 Rock DS, the 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 MPU, the, not the the little whatever fucking golf cart. All of these things are going to come with, you know, fuel fuel ports, and it's gonna it's gonna require you know gassing them up and whatnot. But um, let's go around the horn and everybody's thoughts on the the mule, and also one last thought to throw in there for you guys to comment on with regard to the mule. I don't think this is I don't think that the mule and the legionnaire are all we're getting. You know, on the floor you can see the vulture. There's no reason to think that 
I mean, they said they were through with white box phase, uh, full art phase, all of like they were at final pass with it. There's no reason to think that that doesn't come out. They also said there was three or four other unannounced whatever. I would not be shocked to see multiple things drop that are in some way some kind of like little buggy little vehicle couple of ground things and and or another ship or two would not be at all shocked to see something else from drake specifically so you guys's thought on the buggy and anything else that we might be seeing coming through the week why don't we start with elix and then move from there yeah um the the buggy the the mule is kind of cute like I feel like it's going to be driving around going like, this is my little thing. Um, it's, and it's just adorable. I was hoping that it was going to be more the size of a freelancer and be kind of like a Tundra bus for cargo. But yeah, it's kind of more like a forklift. And it's, it's reusing a lot of the stuff from The Rock, interestingly. Like the, the get-in animation is very clearly the same as The Rock. So, you know, they're they're getting that in. As for other stuff, like as for you know other things that might be revealed, I have no idea. Well, like at this point, there's nothing to say that they don't have this mule as the two SCU forklift, and then also have a ten SCU forklift as like entirely not, true. Nothing to say that doesn't yeah. happen. The big the big brother could be coming out the door next. You know who knows? Hell yeah! All right, uh, Osashis. I just just have one thing to say about the mule. When they go to make like the the commercial for this, Mm -hmm. if they don't use the tagline so tough and rugged it can lift your mom into the back of a caterpillar, then they're doing it wrong. Wow. Nope. Mm -mm. Nope. (laughs) Nope. I got I got a better I got a better one for you. Okay, hit yeah. We we need Klaus the Forklift Driver Star Citizen edition for the mule. Oh jeez. It would be perfect. So there's a lot of people that don't know. There's a it's a meme fucking little mini video of Klaus the forklift driver where it's like he goes through and it's like you know don't be like Klaus be safe do not do this do not do that and through the whole video it's like a ten minute video he's decapitating people there's just there's dead bodies everywhere he's rolling over shit he's he's, he's violating every safety regulation possible so yeah go Google that shit and check out that little meme video and you will laugh your balls off. Um, <clears throat> all right uh wolf do you have anything else on the 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 mule and or other things that you might expect to be seeing coming in invictus week uh i honestly have zero idea of what else is going to be coming it i i'm just watching it and waiting and seeing and and enjoying the things that are given to me i am not one for trying to throw a dart against the wall and seeing what actually stuck on it and what we got it's I'm in it for the fun of getting what we get. Fair enough, fair enough. And uh, Black Maze, close it out. Your thoughts on the mule and or any new things that'll be coming? I think the mule looks like an awesome little hauler. I love the the cockpit and how it kind of slopes inverted up. I like the big wheels and all the carrying racks on the sides. I'm really excited to know or find out how this kind of suspension system will work with their you know upgraded vehicle tech that's coming in the future Mm -hmm. Uh, it looks like it can have quite some suspension travel which is awesome i hope it's not four-wheel steering uh or at least toggleable but it looks looks cool i like it yeah i posted in the in the recording booth for you guys that are here on the air this is what i see when i see that little thing and i'm i'm here for it i'm here for it all right uh, it's time to close this out. So I'm going to post a link Dude, right I, off the bat. Go ahead. 
I was going to say that, man. It's Guido from Cars. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I'm posting a link now in the show notes for everybody for the uh, SCR.GG, the the uh, Star Citizen racing uh, thing. So here's the link for everybody. Uh, there we go. And now let's uh, play what you guys have wanted to see. Let's play this uh amazing river racing in star citizen video and then we're going to have the boys from the xgr race community break down the the next the new wave in star citizen races check it out this weekend saw a few firsts for xgr we hosted the very first live pu race at the microtech river we streamed live with our very own stream team. And last but not least, we were joined by CIG engine programmer Will Hain, responsible for all of the incredible river programming. This river race saw a successful test of our new streaming setup, consisting of Osashes and myself as commentators, Luigi as our very own race director, and Marble as the ever-professional stream button presser. This race day saw racers limited to any of the RSI Aurora class ships. This ship has the perfect size for the river as well as a limited thrust capacity making for a thrilling experience. It was absolutely wonderful seeing so many different paint jobs too. This demonstrates really well how cool it is when we get to pick our own favorite color. Here's hoping we get custom paint colors very soon and maybe even a personal racing number or text to be displayed on the ship. That would be awesome. With 15 plus racers participating in the races this weekend, we saw a total of seven heats. Now, if you're not familiar with our heat system, each heat race sees one winner, whom then secures a spot in the pro main race. The rest of the racers would race in the AM main race, where they had the chance of finishing best of the rest. By winning the Pro Main for this weekend, we would see the winner fly away with their very own Hull A, the newest ship released by CIG. And there they go, everybody is off. Let's see if people... Oh, Red Bull straight into the trees. I see Speed Read and Rinse Read. Data Machine is being collected by the same explosion. Oh, they're so close together. Speed is looking for an opportunity and he takes it. He's now... Oh, Neo Jet oh. tries to stay with him and hits the oh. ground and explodes. Oh, oh Shark. Shark really chasing up Speed now, though. I oh, Speed oh. hits Speed on the inside of the turn, turning a little bit too hard, actually. Opposite directions, so our second oh, no. place is down along with our fourth place. That leaves uh, DJ Button, one of the CIG devs, actually in second right now, making his that way to the, uh, around the corner here. Oh, team CIG. It's safe to say that we saw an incredible amount of action on the river. From exciting close quarters racing across the beautiful scenery to some intense explosions from racers pushing just a little too hard. It must be said that the close racing we saw over this weekend was made possible only by the 3.17 improvements to network desync. Never before have we been able to race this close together with our positions so accurately represented in the verse. Goodbye Ghost Collisions.
ahead then to the pro main race. Where do I start? Diplomat, whom secured a win in the very first heat, is surprisingly slow off the line. Diplomat very slow off the line. We've lost uh, Neojet and Speedweed right off the start. After retaking the lead though, this happens. Oh, Diplomat hit the tree or something. He got bounced up into the air like crazy. He's looking to recover, but oh, Sharpay hits the Sharpay ground. Down. So Data Machine takes the lead then. What an incredibly hectic race with racers blowing up and swapping positions back and forth. Is Diplo then drifting wide, going the complete different way? As our top two approaches the river's mouth, Bear Commando closes up the gap. Let's see what happens. It's like we're at the turnaround. Diplomat yawing slowly, Data Machine drifting a lot further, and Bear Commando takes the bloody lead. Bear with the fastest turn, making up massive amounts of time. Did he even come overtaking out of the... both of these guys? Did he go He was the right, right on the right onto the edge of the lake, I believe. So I think he was legal. That was super as tight as you possibly oh can go. Oh my god! Bear Commando, with an incredibly successful 180 turn, takes the lead as Diplo and Data battle it out behind. As tight as you possibly can go. Oh my gosh! Go. Diplo will be make looking to make up the gap here, of course, make up lost ground. But Data is right behind him. Oh my gosh, Data overtakes Diplo. Right over top him, I look, I think that was. What a fight here for the lead. Oh. Diplo and Bear Commando Bear with now. an issue. Oh no. Drops all the way back to third. Diplo with an issue, getting into Bear. Bear takes second again. So we've got Data Machine in the lead, Bear Commando in second, Diplomat in third. Oh, Diplo collides with a tree! Or oh what? no, I had a feeling Diplo would have had this one in the back at this point, but now he's falling all the way back. Bear Commando turning on his lights. Data Machine now it's in Bear the lead. Commando dogging Data Machine. With Data Machine taking back the lead, Bear Commando is looking to make up lost ground on one of the few straight parts of the river. But he is about a kilometer and a half behind. Bear Commando catch up. Oh! Oh no! Bear oh, Commando Bear. goes extremely fast across the straight as he has been, but he wasn't able to slow down in time. Collides with the trees at the end of the straight, really gambling it all on that straight. I thought he was going to overtake Data, but I wondered if he would be able to slow down. Data Machine across the finish. First place for Data Machine. Good racing and what a spectacular pro main race. We couldn't have asked for a better race. A huge congratulations to Data Machine for winning the pro main race and flying away with his very own Hull A. We checked in later with Diplo to find out what exactly had happened. Is your proxy assist on by any chance? Yeah, 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 it is. <laughs> oh, oh no. no. See, I, I had a feeling that was the case. With the river race behind us, it is finally time to focus fully on the 2952 Stanton Cup. Be sure to check out the trailer and the everything you need to know video covering all of the details and we'll see you on race day, the 28th of May. We'll see you on race day, the 28th of May. So that's a good way to close out your, uh, I mean, technically uh, Invictus goes until the 31st, but you've gotten the stuffs, I think. Have some fun in your Invictus, and then why not go out and do a little race? I posted a link 
in the live chat, so so everybody should have it to the XGR Discord. In addition to posting the link to uh, the video itself, go and check it out. But uh, you don't even have to go anywhere because we have Black Maze and Osashis right here to tell you all about it. Who wants to go first and just break down all of the stuff? We played the trailer trailer, like the short trailer, already two weeks ago on the show. And we've just played the river race. So why don't you break down all the details on the Stanton Cup? Uh, uh, yeah, I'll take it off. So uh, Stanton Cup coming up a week from tomorrow. So the 28th uh, will be kicking off at 1530 UTC. So really exciting stuff. Uh, anybody that doesn't know the details yet, so we have 11 races planned over the next basically 12 months. We'll be finishing up in April. A big gigantic championship, basically a, a big race going on every month. Uh, we have pretty much a 50-50 split of Atmo and Zero-G courses. Lots of different varieties, some tighter courses, more technical stuff, some more wide open stuff. So lots of opportunity for a bunch of different racers to kind of strut their stuff and show what they've got. Uh, all the, mo pretty much all these tracks have been race tested already too. So we've used a lot of experiment experimentation time during uh, during the time that we've had XGR around to kind of figure out tracks, figure out race formats, stuff like that. And then also on top of that, we have some really amazing prizes coming for the championship. So basically first, second, and third place will be getting some really amazing prizes, trophies. Um, and then we also have some special prizes coming for race one for not only the top three in the race, but also uh, one lucky viewer as well. So definitely come uh, come check it out. Very cool. Kai. Yes, sir. Look, we, we talked pretty early on, I think, when I joined Diverse, and we talked about flight models a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. we, we we discussed which game may have the better flight model. And I, I just want to say, like, where we are now with XGR <clears throat> is, like, we really found our game for this because we've tried it in the past, right, in another game, and it didn't quite work the way we liked. There wasn't enough interest among the player base, but also there wasn't a lot of support. Now we're here in XGR and this river race is such a, it's a perfect example of how far we've gotten. It is, it sounds kind of cliche to say that, but it's true. We've got a whole stream team, you know, we've got Osashis and myself commentating these races. We've got Luigi, shout out to him for uh, stepping up and being our official race director. Mm -hmm. We've got Marble, uh, my better half, who stepped in to help us with the streaming side of things, pressing buttons, uh, you know, to, to make sure that the, the audience gets all the right camera angles, whether it's an onboard or my camera or Osashis' camera, and, and making it a real like broadcast TV quality kind of spectacle, like you saw in that river race. That was really our first example of, of how far we've gotten and on top of that you have CIG joining us in chat and in voice and for that specific race for those that don't know Will Hain he was in one of the ISCs he's the uh the game programmer that he basically created all of the river tech so as soon as he mentioned in one of the interviews where he was talking about the river race or about the the river tech he said I really wonder how fast people can go up and down the river I was straight up sending CIG a message and saying like, okay, come and join us for this race. I'd love for you to be present. And they just jumped straight on it. He joined us in, uh, in, 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 in my ship and he joined us for the race and he had an amazing time. He even joined in with the racing. We had two devs present racing. We had another watching, uh, they've, yeah, like Osash just mentioned, they're sponsoring prizes. It's insane. It is so cool. There you go. That's nice. That's, 
That's legit. We've got a question in the live chat from Raxless Maxla. Is there a racing bracket for the next 12 races? So we've got uh, a lot of details, actually. Um, I'll put this link in here as well, too. So uh, we actually have a relatively new website for uh, XGR. And so I'll go to go here, go to the championship tab there, and you'll get basically info on races, dates, times, prizes, details, race format, all that good stuff. Very nice. Very nice. It had always been my belief that, um, honestly, the flight model for um, Elite Dangerous and Star Citizen were very comparable in space, but that without question, the flight model for Star Citizen is vastly superior in Atmo. I mean, Star Citizen literally models it differently in Atmo than in space, whereas Elite just has no difference in flight model. It's it's You go through the quote-unquote barrier, which is a load screen where it just rattles you a little bit, and then it's exactly the same as if you were in space. But um, <clears throat> I think as, as Star Citizen continues to progress and we see more and more work done to improve upon the flight model, I'm very, very excited with where it's where it's going. So, like, saying that the two of them were comparable maybe a year ago or more was maybe more accurate, and maybe now we're seeing continual improvement and improvement. You're just seeing the light, Kai. That's what it is. Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> I do remember. Hold on, though. If we talk about seeing the light, I do remember me having a conversation with a certain Euro boy who was big into uh, racing in Elite Dangerous and me saying, man, you got to check out this Star Citizen. You got to get over here. You got to get. Oh, there was a little reluctance. I listened. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I listened. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I listened. Here I am. Mm-hmm. It took some work, but we, we got him finally. It Hell took yeah. some work. Oh, yeah. It's, it's awesome, though, because talking about the, the whole arrow th- thing, right? Like, we see continuous, uh, like, changes between, like, when I joined in 313 to 314, now in 316 and 17 with the whole refueling mechanic. And we see the wrong ships going really fast in Atmo. Mm. Uh, and we give CIG feedback on this. And they're so actively, like, tuning and tweaking all the fly models in Atmo, like you're saying, Kai, mm. to make sure that the right ships have the right speed in Atmo, that the, the right ships turn faster than other ships, mm. uh, that ships that have their wings far in the back of uh, to the behind the center of gravity, like an M50, they, they flip weirdly as they would do in real life. It's, it's so cool. Oh, yeah. Uh, Black Maze and Osashis, if I can get one or both, either whatever of you to post, just post any links that you want to post in the recording booth channel and we'll post it onto the thing because it's filtering your, it's like blocking it out because we had people that were like coming in and like, hey, meet hot chicks in your area. And they were posting like sketchy links or whatever. So we disabled all that shit. So there you go. Osashis just threw one in there. Uh, we'll get it. We'll get it posted up in the the live stream for everybody. Um, yeah, I I know you guys had to be excited to see uh, the uh, um, the the list of fixes for three seventeen dot one patch that uh, included the you know getting rid of the stealth tech trees those those uh, odd collisions. Funnily enough, actually, when we were doing the river race, right, Will Hain uh, was there with us. And so he was responsible for that tech tech. And it, we had uh, racers running into invisible trees during that race. And he was like, oh, man, I thought we fixed this. 
Yeah. But then he's actually watching it happen, or he even actually hit an invisible tree himself, I think. And so he was like, all right, we're going to get on this. We're going to have to fix this again. So hey, it props helps. to them for getting it fixed again, it looks like. It helps to have friends in dev places, huh? Yeah, that's legit. Yeah, absolutely. That's legit. All right. So, I, I, I mean, we can close the show out at any point. We've gone long enough. But I, you guys have been, you know, obviously, as always, great guests. You come here. I want to just... Open this up. Anybody in the chat that wants to ask any questions, you guys that want to share anything. So what are some things that you want for for the future of Star Citizen for, for, for racing purposes and or anything else? What are some interesting events that you guys are excited to do? I would be just off the top of my head. I would love to see a race that involves <clears throat> you park ships at a location. Right. Let's say you park ships up a up a mountain. Everybody's ships are parked in that area. You start off uh, on foot in an area. You literally do an on foot race to get over to a mining facility, and then everybody has to spawn their little buggy and or little fucking space uh, motorcycle or whatever. You do a uh, a race, you know, so on foot to the location, summon your thing from the pad, drive your thing up the mountain, hop in a ship, and then take off and whatever. I would love to see an Ironman type multi-stage race. I would love to see some uh, races in some cool locations, uh, you know, using, leveraging the unique aspects of the different terrain features and, and, and whatnot that you have in star citizen, you know, in star citizen, you have a river in star citizen, you have, you know, lakes and, and water features. You have interesting, uh, forests and, and, and different climates and, uh, uh, a vast, uh, sort of, uh, array of, of, of different climates and different, like really measurably different things that you can, can can access and use or whatever um what are some things that you guys are excited for 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 upcoming stuff with races and whatnot let's start with uh osashis just really quick too i just wanted to uh uh quickly mention um mm -hmm. since this is just coming up so quick really quick so prizes for the championship we've got uh a crusader c2 or an anvil liberator for first place so Nice. Big deal, awesome package. 400i for second and a whole A for third. And also really badass trophies that will get shipped out to you. Physical trophies. The uh, the number one is an actual like partially XGR blue cup. You should be able to see actual physical pictures of these probably nice. tomorrow. And a uh, custom XGR like gaming mouse pad with some cool XGR graphics. And then um, for the first round uh, next Saturday, we've got an Origin M50, an Origin 350R, a Misc Razor. Uh, that we're giving away to the top three and a razor lx package for a viewer so we, make sure to check that out you guys you guys need to do more mouse pads and shit that everybody can get and like t-shirts and key rings and all that other shit sell it and then with that money you know invest in other prizes and other other shit as well keep in mind he he said the c2 which is you know your big cargo ship he said the liberator which is your ship shipping ship for all your ship shipping <laughs> ship needs like literally it's the ship that you put your ships in when you need to ship them to a place in a ship uh you know lots of cool shit there uh 
I, and I'm, we're excited. We posted the link. We're excited for sure to follow oh. up with all these prizes and this cool shit that you guys are adding. Oh, yeah. And then tomorrow, so kicking off tomorrow, we have the uh, first episode of the Extreme G podcast, which this is basically a compliment to the cup, but also... Nice. So we'll be talking about all things racing. We'll be covering all things Stanton Cup and then also talking about Star Citizen in general. That'll be kind of a monthly thing between the Cup events. So make sure to check out the uh, first podcast episode tomorrow. It'll be live streamed at uh, 1700 UTC on the Extreme G Racing Twitch channel. And then it'll be posted podcast places elsewhere. But Very cool. Definitely check that out. Very, very fucking cool. Everybody go check out tomorrow the uh, the new podcast. I'm, I'm going to add it to my list. I'll have a new podcast to keep track of. Uh, Maze, you had some stuff too. Just a final note for those that don't race themselves. Uh, all of these races will be streamed live, right? Just like that river race recap you saw, you can join us on our Twitch. Uh, just go to the same website that was already posted in chat and come watch the races live and cheer on your favorite racers. Have you guys ever thought about doing, uh, like, I mean, Obviously, racing is racing. That's that's awesome. But have you ever thought about doing like event racing? Like you know how they have that thing in in countries where it's like you ski to an area and then you have to shoot stuff and then you ski to the next area and then you're shooting. Like, have you ever thought about doing a thing where it's like fly to an area and then mine a certain amount of something, or fly to an area and do some combat shit, or maybe a derby? You're- you're a big fan of triathlon kind of stuff, aren't you? I, I like that or like derbies. I like races. I like like I, I imagine having a fucking race where you get 30 or 40 racers together and everybody's drinking beer and it's a it's it's like a what is that road road warrior or whatever where it's like we're, we're just, just like literally shooting at each other and like ramming people off of cliffs and Let's shit. Let's make a deal. All right. Let's make a deal, Kai. We'll, we'll we'll have to find some time somewhere but if you commit to participating in this we'll make it happen oh everybody's <laughs> gonna kill me right Ooh. off the bat that sounds like fun fuck yeah i'm gonna set up on a ridge line and just do the tuscan raider thing to your ass just just Why along those lines too we kind of we kind of did a little thing like that too you can probably you can find this on black maze's channel that had some previous coverage we did a, a thing called the aspire team sprint at uh Mike at New Babbage, where we had one, uh, we had a two-man team, so Gravlev and ship, and so we basically had the ship fly a, a certain course path, dr- sky drop the Gravlevs onto the top of the Aspire Grand Tower, and then the Gravlevs sky dropped off that to the ground level, did their own course while the ship did its own course, and then they had to meet back up, load back the Gravlev up, and then finish the race. So that was actually really cool. So go check that out if you if you like any of that combined stuff, just kind of like we were talking about. Obviously, not quite the same, but on oh, those yeah. lines. Hell yeah. Or like some kind of thing where it's like you've got the mothership and the little snubby and the, and the mothership part is just the race, but the snubby bit is a derby. So it's like when the when the, the parent ship is flying around, it's just about getting there faster. But there's some kind of aspect to when the snubby comes out where you're it's actually like full on. They're like their PVP, they're combating. And then when, you know, when I don't know, something. I just my mind spins on like possibilities of cool shit to do, but uh, that sounds. You been awesome. enjoying your verbals? I have been enjoying my verbals, not as much as I should, because I've been playing a whole hell lot of a new, a uh, lot of New World, which and Nomansky, which you play with just the Xbox controller. But I have been recently getting more back into Star Citizen, and I 
I, I'm going to try, guys. Don't fucking hold me to it, but I'm going to try boy. to get into Elite. But, uh, I, yes, I've been, my Verples have been, uh, have been feeling neglected, and they're getting more attention now. Man, I take that back. I, I thought you were going to say you were going to fly decoupled finally. I <laughs> want to give it a shot. I do. I do, but I, I suck at it. I've done it a little bit, but starting man, I suck mode, at you, it. Start in Atmo. The atmosphere itself is your, is your side wheels. Okay. All right. I got to, I, I, you heard it. I got to get back into it. All right. Uh, before we close out the show, just, I want to turn it over to the racers. Anything at all you guys want to add? Anything that you're looking for? Anything you want to uh, plug? Anything at all? Racing is a gameplay loop. It's here now. Come join. Come race. Hell yeah. Osashis. Yeah, same thing to pretty much just coin that. Like, dude, it's already awesome. Like, we have so much cool coming, but it's already awesome. Go to go to the website. It has Discord. Come join up in Discord. Come race with us. Come spectate. Just come hang out. Whatever you want to do. Come hell, be a part of it. Hell yeah. Wolf, anything you have to say to the beautiful people before we say goodnight? I just want to thank the racers for joining us and uh, providing those absolutely hectic uh, in-cockpit videos. That... Looks like it would be an absolute blast to participate in. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to giving that a shot uh, at some point in the future. I have no idea when. And everybody else, thank you for joining us this fine Friday evening. Hell yeah. Uh, Elix, anything you want to add before you say goodnight to the beautiful people? So I actually threw the gauntlet down to Black Maze and the XGR crew to race the river either before or just immediately after it went to wave one ptu and was going to be available for um for people to go somewhere around there on the show at the end and uh i am blown away i did not expect anything like that well i mean i expected a race but it was so much better than expected it was fantastic even though it wasn't on hover bikes it was in auroras because hover bikes don't really handle the river very well right now, but it was amazing. And I think what I what is cool for me is not even so much that the race itself happened and the videos that came out of it. That's all awesome. But what I loved was what I saw in the comments. I saw like on on the the vod and on the the edited video that Black Maze posted. I saw comments from people saying. I'm going to organize my own with my friends. This is so cool. I'm going to do this with my group. And that was already happening even before they got the videos up. But, you know, this isn't just XGR. This isn't just a small group of people. This is going to spread. And oh, yeah. the, the whole video that Sig just put up, that's just pouring fuel on the fire. This is going to be great. Hell yeah. Fantastic. All right, I'm the last one. Uh, what do I have to say? Nothing. I've talked too much already tonight. I've had a lot to drink, and I've had nothing to eat today but lemon cake. So I'm going to go to bed now. I love all of y'all, and we'll see you next week. I hope you enjoyed the show. And if you didn't, well, you can have your money back.